0: Talk Brunch. Served hot.
1: Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here, a.k.a. Captain Brunch.
2: Being joined as always with co-host Mr. Dustin Soglo Frazier. Six years in this bitch, I'll be damned.
1: Yeah, that is quite the feat, right? I feel old as hell. I like, go. Uh, what do you even do then, right? Where do you go from here? Do you just make it the longest weekly pot-a-sodic show?
2: <laughs> no, because we're gonna start to suck after a while.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'll start having to charge you for your uh, COVID screenings. Oh my god. That's pretty much the long and short of it.
2: And then we get put to a coffee table every week.
1: Yeah, preferably not, preferably not. But yeah, here we are. It is uh, November 23rd, 2020. This is officially episode 422. And uh, wow, that's something else. Good Lord. Yeah, right. I never thought that we'd be here, my friend. How do you feel about the whole thing? something else right
2: it has been a hell of a ride i mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: jesus
1: yeah we officially start year seven the undertaker's career comes to an end as a new year of talk brunch begins so that being said shout out to all of you that are across all of the chat rooms and all of the podcast platforms including itunes stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud uh stitcher iHeartRadio, radio podcast addict uh talkbrunch.com facebook.com slash talkbrunch and of course twitch.com or twitch.tv slash talkbrunch oh man we are going to talk i do want to talk to you guys about some stuff that's happening but that's going to be as we go into the show you know you guys know how destin and i like to do this we like to start off with fun stuff humorous stuff comedic stuff you know stuff that just makes sense before we go into a right. our- any of the other things going on. Don't worry, there's plenty of uh, alleged uh, molestations and drunken driveries and so on and so forth. But, nah, I kid. Because
2: that's the wrestling world.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It has become the wrestling world, though, hasn't it?
2: It really has. Like,
1: Like it's become a place where you talk about, like, all of the crimes that have been committed and, uh, you know, all of the bad things that have happened. It's a little bit wild.
2: And then if you got time, the weeklies.
1: Then if you have time, of course, last but not least, will always be the weeklies. But yeah, um, when we first started doing this, I remember a lot of the things were just talking wrestling. That was like the entire original premise was just talking about the angles and the storylines. I never even thought that it would become the way that it is. And yes, yeah, social media definitely played a part in that. No question about it. Because uh news got around quicker. Things were no longer rumors or speculation. Because one thing that we've learned, unfortunately, is that wrestlers have a uh, big mouths, a lot of them. So we started getting more shoots. Interviews used to be like buried treasure, remember? Used to be like, Oh, you gotta shoot. We found a shoot.
2: Now they show up and I recommend on YouTube.
1: Yeah, right. Like you'll be just scrolling, it'll be like, you know, upcoming details on new Mega Man game, and then next to it it'll be like Beth Phoenix shoot interview. <laughs> like, wow. It's just very uh common and very easy nowadays for that to just become the normal, the standard. It's so, weird. It is. It's definitely weird. It's definitely different from uh the way that it used to be. And that's actually made it harder. We're going to go into more detail about that later because I do want to talk about that. But that's what, one of the things that's made it harder to do this is that it's almost three or four times as as challenging as it used to be, you know. Just because everything, there's like three or four times as much news. So...
2: You got to weed through everything.
1: Yeah, it takes us... And it's like, I've become a lot faster at it. But it's just become a lot more challenging to do. You know, I don't know. Do you feel like you gather news faster, having done this for as many years now as you've done it, than when you originally started?
2: Oh, my God. By a long shot. Yeah. (laughs) For one thing, because a lot of people who know me outside of here know... I'm when it comes to news I'm more of a memory person my memory is a lot better when it comes to stuff now yeah a lot of the stuff you ever got you a lot of stuff you guys see me bring up it's not even something where like I wrote it down somewhere I'm gonna bring it up it's just sitting in the back of my mind I'm like all right save that one for the show
1: yeah I'm right there with you but for, for me I think it's become that way uh as well you know where like I'm doing a lot more stuff by memory than when we first started doing this. Like when, and I think that was growing pains in the early episodes. It was more by the books. I was trying to get as many things uh, out there as possible as accurately. And I had like more of a program. Like with me, I'm more casual now with my uh, presentation and preference of the way that I do the show. You know what I mean? Like even like right now, um, you know what I mean? Like, even right now, like, I'm just kind of, I'm, I'm flipping through my phone, making sure that the feed is everywhere while I'm talking to you. <laughs> Whereas, like, before I would, I would never have dreamed of doing that before. I'm over here looking at this and just making sure that, uh, you know, we're broadcasting across all the stuff while speaking to you. Because why not? You know?
2: Pretty much.
1: Yeah, I have the tweet pinned up there, so hopefully that'll help. Come on. But yeah uh yeah let's talk about some fun stuff first going on we came off of the, you from the heels of survivor series uh what do we got going on here okay so the undertaker is now going media crazy huh from a guy who went from someone who wasn't didn't want to do too much media that man is all about the media now
2: oh, as soon as because i got i got to catch a little bit of uh i actually got to catch the whole thing of um the stone colds people in the podcast that second round they did it's crazy that now ever since like he's kind of just like dropped the kayfabe he just, he's everywhere.
1: He is. He really <laughs> is.
2: It, it, it's like, he, it's like going outside and catching the sun for the first time.
1: Yeah, Now he's it's it's kind of like when CM Punk got really quiet and we are like, wow, he handled his departure really respectably. And then he just became like a permanent asshole.
2: <laughs> the only difference <laughs> is for Taker, at least it worked out.
1: Yeah, he didn't become an asshole. That was the main difference here.
2: He didn't so go to see. UFC and get his ass kicked and then wind up on Fox again.
1: But look, this is a preview of, of Taker here. This is a, that show, that Hot Ones. Apparently he was on. Oh here.
2: Yeah. This was crazy. I have friends who weren't even a wrestling fans. Like, what the fuck is the Undertaker doing on Hot Ones?
3: As I you a chicken wing. You don't tear it off of your hands. Not going to mention any names, Stone Cold.
0: What?
4: <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about performing under the name Commando? Wow. wow.
3: Man, a lot. You've done some homework, brother. You're the first person that's ever asked me that question.
4: Who was the most savage backstage prankster? I, I won't get into details, but uh, there there's some stories that it, regular people
3: were up to hear them, but they
4: would just like, they'd be appalled. Here you are face off with Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know, my head hit him right in the chin. And his eyes rolled like a slot machine.
1: The answer to the end, like eating these rings.
4: Stone Cold, man, it was it was a good night. You know, I've dealt with pain, you know, my whole career, and I'm used to being uncomfortable. I wish it wasn't my lips and tongue, but... Uh, it
2: is what it is and we'll try and we'll
1: try and get through it oh boy that's gonna be fun I think it's already oh on YouTube God. right the whole thing
2: yeah it's already there
1: yeah so you guys go check that I'll check out Hot Ones uh, yep.
2: gonna have to watch that
1: mm-hmm for sure and uh The Undertaker is doing as you know he's doing those $1,000 cameo videos uh, whereas of this morning Vince put a stop to that no I'm kidding
2: he, <laughs> <like> a bald, <laughs> that could
1: you imagine that no but I, I guess they're, they're showing a lot of the cameo videos on the internet now so for anyone who doesn't even know what a cameo video consists of you get like an example here
3: hello Sebastian it's the undertaker <laughs> and your mom reached out to me she told me you started in a new school this year in fact she also said that you were quite the baseball player so From The Undertaker to you, Sebastian, I want to wish you the most merry of all Christmases. Your mom loves you very much. And The Undertaker, well, it wouldn't be Christmas without a rest in
1: peace. You must be a really good kid, Sebastian, because I was $1,000 for that. (laughs) Right. He He must be amazing.
2: You must have got straight super A's.
1: That is the kid of all kids, right there. I don't think. I don't know. I I think if I had a kid, I think he could save my life, and I'm not sure.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to think about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. I don't even know if I, I may. I may get him the Brooklyn Brawler. Oh shit! Da- damn. Depends on how how the old bank is looking, you know. Oh my $1,000 god. Thousand dollars to the Undertaker to say rest in peace, though. So. Am, am I cheap. Am I being cheap. No, right,
2: no. It, You know what the funny thing is? It goes back to the whole thing we were talking about when you talk about per appearances and we made that joke about the Pop-Tarts. It came full circle.
1: Oh, when we are talking about the amount of money. Yeah, he's, he makes a well, good that, like, of money. The fact that
2: if you make a Pop-Tart that makes presents, you're going to be in debt for the rest of your life.
1: Aside from his love for the business, I could think of a lot of other reasons, a thousand other in this case of why I wouldn't want to stop being The Undertaker if I was him, you know? I'd never stop being The Undertaker.
2: I'd never stop doing cameos. I'm like, Whoa what you gonna do tell me
1: no like, yeah i mean that's just good money you know you could provide for generations and generations of your family if this was freaking uh westeros he would have his own house he'd be house taker <laughs> you know he'd have his own sigil he's uh he's also been collaborating with snoop Dogg. did you hear about this
2: yeah Undertaker they um they got gear to take up with. Had,
1: they have their own clothing line that's some shit right there that's a isn't it's, it's almost That's like the, the crossover wine,
2: now his own clothing line like
1: it's almost a crossover you never knew you wanted and still don't understand why it exists
2: but you're happy you got it
1: I'm, i mean am i let me take let's take a look here i'm gonna bring it up on the screen here snoop dog clothing collection
2: that takes the term come to death row to a whole new level what are we looking at here see it's like
1: it's cool looking But I just don't understand, you know what I mean? Like, take the bottom left one, for example. It says Undertaker on the top and Snoop Dogg on the bottom. But they've never really had any interactions before.
2: Exactly. It's
1: weird, but it's like... Look at the one on the right with Undertaker and Snoop Dogg together. Those two have never been in the same city
2: at the same time. Like, what the
1: fuck? Definitely my style of colors, I like that. But it's just so strange. Like, it was like, how did it come to be? I feel like it was more Snoop's idea after a nice smoke session than it was Undertaker's and Undertaker was just like, yeah, dude, I'll do it. Cause like, it just is interesting. The design is cool. Everything about it is cool. The shirts, everything looks good. Just the, uh, the merge is just like, so you're strange. sitting
2: there like, but why? <laughs>
1: yeah. Right. Well, good for them, I guess. Huh? You know, for anybody that is interested in, uh, looking at that, you can get it from WWE. They have a article up on it, which I'm sharing to the chat rooms right now. By the way, if possible, Destin, check on Facebook. See if, if what's going on over there. I'm not over there right now. I don't even go there. <laughs> all right,
2: I mean, got, I got the notification on my phone that we popped up, up there, so we should. be. Oh no, with... I
1: just meant like if anyone was in the chat or I don't know. Oh. I, I didn't know if it popped up there at all.
2: Yeah, it always. So.
1: So apparently, they were on an Instagram live together too, Snoop and 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 uh, Taker. I don't know if this is where the idea for this entire. They said thing. we doing this
2: for real. it's ain't no game. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess so. Let me take a look here what we got. This is like a big file, so I guess we're just going to have to look through it and see uh
4: that 21 and 0? Yeah, it was uh it, you know, it, it kind of took on a life of its own, right? I mean, there was like, okay, here's the main event, but who's going after the streak? Right. Who won't that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, if you don't get the main event, like if you don't win the rumble, I mean, that was that was the next thing guys wanted. Like I want I want Undertaker. I want to try and get the streak. And uh, you know, She's it. It was just uh, it put me in a great position, uh, you know. So I didn't have to always take up or you know take up both those spots because I you know it was it was an entity all to itself. So yeah, it, it, it was cool, man. It was uh, you know. I, yeah, everybody. You know, everybody loses sometimes, man. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's part
3: it, of life. It is what it is, man. Hey, it ain't a loss; it's a lesson. Everybody takes a L. It's just a lesson. We learn how to yeah, do it absolutely. better. Some
1: people absolutely. smoke
3: them. Absolutely, you got to keep y'all. You always keep, keep learning and keep growing, <laughs> and uh,
4: it, you know, it made me adapt to what I was doing. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's a great. That's I'm gonna use that, man. I'm gonna steal that. Well, it ain't a a loss, it's, a it's a
3: lesson. That's all it is. Dave, you know Sue what? Yeah. The poet.
2: Oh my God. It's so
1: funny here, take her like that, hanging out with Snoop. This is the Taker we never knew we wanted, but we're glad we have now.
2: Right.
1: Wonderful. All right. So, uh, retribution. We're going to have a talk about retribution. Oh, Joe. Apparently there's a feature on Twitter called Fleet, which is some sort of, I guess it's almost like the stories on Facebook and, uh. One thing that they did was they used that to take over WWE's Twitter, which we're going to get into that. But, uh, apparently what happened here was, uh, he tweeted out something called a retribution sucks starter pack. And in this starter pack, what? I guess he's being condescending towards people that say retribution sucks. So he said, you know, if you're saying retribution sucks, then this is the, what you need. You need your retribution sucks starter pack. So. In this starter pack includes a Bullet Club t-shirt, a neck beard, a tweet about how much Retribution sucks, except for Reckoning. Cause she's a chick, and you know how, how neck bearded Bullet Club wear t-shirt wearing fans are and a single relationship status. And then, uh, T-Bar throughout his version of a Retribution Sucks starter pack, which apparently had an AEW logo, a Union Jack flag, and, um, a list of wrestling podcasts. So. This is their way of basically saying fuck you to people who meet those stereotypes. Now, uh, it's to my understanding that afterwards, T-Bar and uh, Jack off I already forgot his name since I wasn't looking at the program, but the two guys deleted these tweets. And I guess for obvious reasons, I mean, as much as they're trying to be condescending, hello, you geniuses that just got pulled up to the main roster. I get what you were doing and I get who you were taking jabs at. But I think that Trips and Vince are going to just see your Twitter accounts with AEW and, uh, freaking, you know, Bullet Club logos all over them. Like, don't you, am am I, I don't know, am I being old school, but don't you think they're, they'd be mad at those guys that they tweeted shit that had AEW and Bullet Club, even if it was to get at people that like that kind of stuff. Like, don't you think that they'd be fucking mad? Just a little. No matter what company you are, I mean, that would piss me off if that was my company and they did that. You're already on thin ice as Retribution.
2: Like, that's my, that might be the funniest thing I've ever heard because it's like, first of all, nobody likes you. And then I <laughs> say AEW fans. So, it's not
3: just
1: the uh, neck beard. Destroyed. And it is a shit thing. Like, I get that they're heels and everything, but it is, like, to me, that's almost taking dipping his toes and breaking kayfabe where like yeah you're a heel and you're against WWE and everything but then at the same time like you're kind of taking jabs at, at uh, wrestling fans because the implication is that Pete the only people who think retribution sucks are neckbeards that wear bullet club shirts and listen to wrestling podcasts pretty, pretty much and like anybody AEW.
2: who doesn't like WWE
1: yeah. It's it was just
2: wait wait, wait which right there it just shows your stupidity because people who like WWE don't fucking like you.
1: It's such a bad idea to throw a tweet like that out there unless you're Randy Orton. You know what right. I mean? And, like and, you, you
2: can't and the be sad, and the sad part about it is Randy Orton would have tried a better one.
1: You can't be T bar and jack nuts and throw a tweet like that out there and God forbid Vince or somebody saw it. We don't know if they did. But we do know that he deleted it. And then he sent out a tweet that basically said, I'll save them the trouble and delete the tweet before I get the phone call this time. So he explains why the tweet is not deleted,
2: but then I'm they're gonna. gonna re- I am gonna ground myself. But then they're gonna I read the
1: fact the that action. you said that, which kind of sounds sarcastic. You have to think of this company from a corporate level. You know, it's just weird.
2: I love when Sugar, sugar Shane goes. It's like using a spoon to spread your toast. Yeah. So
1: I don't know what's happening with them. Maybe that's why they haven't been around lately. They weren't around for Survivor Series. They weren't around now. With the way things are, to me, and I don't want to go back into Survivor Series, but to me, I would have spilled all that shit into Survivor Series. Just because there's Raws where I've literally seen one thing after another, after another happen and no one gave a fuck. Like I've seen Raws where we've been watching that should just be your regular weekly Raws. And it's literally like gone from like Orton and McIntyre to the Fiends and Alexa Bliss to the Retribution guys to the Hurt Business. All like in the same segment without taking a breath. It was just it all just overlapped each other. And I'm just kind of saying that with Survivor Series for those dry matches that they had, it couldn't have hurt to have a little bit more screwery going around, you know? Like a lot, like the fact that they did none of that made half the roster absent, and uh, I don't know if Retribution being anal had something to do with that.
2: And it's like but, uh, Retribution is supposed to be the one that's shutting everybody down, but yet they deleted their tweet. Yeah, real, real rebellious.
1: They're so rebellious that he retweeted. He 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 deleted his tweet before he got the phone call from the office. <laughs> <laughs> did, those rebels, them. That's hilarious. But then T Bar. Apparently, he's, he, he's really salty at the way people tweet because he put he puts on social media the top five insults that I've heard a billion times each. Number five, Slipknot. And in parentheses, he put, I love Slipknot. I guess they, they call them Slipknot?
2: That's a true sure quote. Slipknot. Slipknot's good.
1: Number four, Bane. And he puts in parentheses, I love Dark Knight Returns. I guess I've heard people call him, I see the similarities. I've heard a lot of anyone who wears a face mask is usually called Bane, though. Number three, Especially Dark one, Order. Yeah. Number three, Dark Order. I've worked with everyone in that group. We all like each other. Number four, teabag. I love tea and support sexual expressiveness. Wow, that one was reaching, but I guess. <laughs> and number one was jobber. I would have just
2: kept going after that one.
1: And, and number one was jobber, and then he says that uh, we just won. He's right, though, about most of those things, I guess. Those are bad insults.
2: And I love how he counts a team that doesn't get along whatsoever winning. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, but I hope he doesn't get any heat for that for that Bullet Club AEW shit being on his profile. Oh, even they are only temporarily.
2: The the only reason they won't get heat is if for some reason they forget about him.
1: Because the one thing, the one detail he forgot when he released that tweet is that even when you delete something, there's always going to be some Bullet Club wearing AEW hat wearing neck bearded Mark that thinks that Retribution sucks that screen captures that shit. <laughs> Wasn't that your point? Don't <laughs> Oh, wow. So, Retribution, quote-unquote, hacked uh, WWE's Twitter account at some point so that they could put their own messages up there. I don't know if you heard about this. Clearly, an angle or something that they were doing here. Did you know this? Yeah,
2: notice? I heard something briefly about it. And, I'm yeah. like, oh, okay.
1: and you anxiously went and you clicked to see what, what happened?
2: Nah, I was watching Animaniacs. So I was oh, like, okay. Oh. Fair enough. Well, let's see what the hell <laughs> is.
4: My name is Mustafa Ali. And this is Retribution. And we have taken over WWE's Twitter account. And I know what you're thinking. I could have just hacked this account, right? But I thought
0: this would be a little bit more fun.
4: And I promised all of you that the truth will be heard,
3: And I am the man of my word.
4: And the truth is, you forgot. You abandoned us. You created us. Did you think that I'd forget? You were the ones that chanted for me to be here, and the company listened. I tried to fight for what was right, but within a year, you all turned your backs on me. No, I didn't forget. And now, every female in that locker room will get their day of reckoning.
2: At least they going to be on the GameCube. <laughs> At least
1: they got a uh, origin stories, I guess. You know.
2: And I love how she's explain. like, every female is going to get their t- day of reckoning. You've attacked one, but you know what?
1: Them doing that—it's a shame that was just on Twitter and that hardly anyone knows because them doing that solves. A number of my problems with them you know like first of all i've said before i don't like the the new character thing like the fact that they sort of acknowledge who they were before who they became negates that in a way so i i kind of like that the packages the way those packages is done i also like the way it looks the presentation just the way they look the sound in the background it has a good vibe to it and everything like there there is potential here you know i don't want you guys to think that there isn't even the intro like i've noticed I, i paid attention uh the other day whenever the hell they came out last i just the cinematography the way the cameras like sort of diagonal when they come out like has like a specific style for them that's the kind of stuff you do to get a stable over and uh i definitely think them having backstories and justifications for what they did does make it make more sense came
3: to wwe with nothing but hopes and dreams But only in a place like WWE can someone who looks like me, with my pedigree, with my background, be overlooked time and time and again. One day I got a glimpse of hope. An opportunity where there had never been an opportunity. Only for it to be taken away. Now you tell me, would that not turn any man into a mace? When I started, I tried to earn your respect. But all I was met with was ridicule. I was left broken. A husk of who I used to be. Until I was found, reshaped and made into a weapon. A weapon for retribution. Do you know what it feels like to be betrayed? To trust a friend? To trust a mentor, to trust anybody who's ever said that they have your back, but one man has the courage to approach you with a vision, a message. Payback is for
4: the weak, retribution is for the strong, and now we write our own story. We have the pen in our hand, and if that pen should run out of ink, that's fine because we will use our own blood to finish writing the story. We will not rest until we shut you down.
2: Mm. So uh... you know, I like it, but here's the problem. Okay, the soon, like I said before, once they signed the contracts, they were just regular guys getting their asses kicked now. And then why wasn't this acknowledged on Raw? Like, kind of. It th- ruins th- th- it. Th- yeah, there's definitely potential there, but like there's certain stuff where it's like, okay, if you're going to do it, you do it now or there's no saving this thing.
1: And it's kind of weird that the person who got uh, stripped down the most thanks to this entire idea is Mustafa Ali the one who's supposed to be the leader. Normally, when you become the leader of a stable, if anything, it's supposed to enhance your character already. They stripped this kid down to the bare minimum. Number one, he used to be a high flyer. He used to be Mr. Top Rope Guy, springboards, 450s, all kinds of shit. I don't see the guy doing any more wrestling. Number two, even his intro, which used to be cool. He had like the ninja thing with the -the glow-in-the-dark stuff and the hand that shot the laser thing. That's all fucking gone, you know, because he has to have that dark persona. So the one that's lost the most of his identity, in my opinion, is Mustafa. It's not like people in WWE's bubble knew these other... Guys, that well, you know, like we knew him from our age. Like, when it comes to Mia and Donovan Dijak, but uh, really, they they could have, like, especially since they're not like disassociating from the previous characters of who they were, it works. But him, they need to do something with the leader,
2: you yeah. know. And then with some of those videos, I hate to be nitpicky, but there's certain things that just don't add up, kind of like Stacey said, like, Mia, we watched you for like three years fighting the top girls in NXT. What do you mean we turned your back after a year? <laughs> Like, yeah, there's no. certain stuff where you could tell that those lines were set up assuming we didn't watch NXT. Yeah.
1: Like it's maybe
2: it's like just, just me being nitpicky, but it's like, there's a little but of you continuity guys like, I feel like you have to kind of like...
1: But the continuity makes sense because you, you have to remember that the whole story of this stable is their message is to the WWE, not to the fans, but to the WWE themselves. The company is who they are addressing all of this shit to. So if you're looking at it that way, which is how they've been saying it from the whole time, aren't they right?
2: I mean, they'd never really forgot w-
1: about w- me. WWE okay. didn't, didn't like turn their back on, like Mustafa Ali wasn't getting pushed for a while. He had been back from injury for a long time. By the way, for those of you that don't know, there was like a couple of months of Mustafa Ali complaint tweeting that I just skipped across.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, he was well, on main event fighting Ricochet and just like. So he had been back. They they pushed him. He was injured,
1: and then when he came back, they did nothing with him. He'd been back. You have no idea how long this guy's been back. It's been really, really long. Longer than the Hurt Business was out.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's the one that definitely makes sense out of that whole group. But then, when I look at the Mia one, and it's like, but Mia, you, you got your first title shot, like, a couple of years on NXT. Like they, If anything, they kind of kicked you up in the high gear after a little bit. Like I don't know. Maybe it's just me being nitpicky, and then, like, how disappointed I've been with this thing so far. But, like, if that's any sign of anything, the next time I see them, shit needs to start going down. Like, I don't feel like watching them lose to the hurt. Like, if they come back and they lose to the hurt business business again, you might as well pull the plug. Because, like, if they put forth the effort like that, there's no excuse for anybody else to not get... Like, I want to see the rebels who showed up when they first showed up. I don't want to see just the faction that's on Raw. If they're going to be rebels, let them be freaking rebels. Like, let them show up and just start fucking shit up again, not just only come out for their scheduled match on the brand they're subjected to because they signed a contract. If they're going to be rebels, let them be anarchy rebels.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there.
2: Because the way they're talking, they're not supposed to be just another faction. But then when I see them coming out, all I see is another faction. And they should really
1: explain how come there's not so many of them anymore. When there was, like, literally an army yeah. of them coming from all directions and stuff. There was, like,
2: 20, I think we saw, like, 20 of them jump people one time. Yeah, it's just poor writing. Yeah, like, this thing, for me, when it comes to this group, that thing with that, that promo was the last shot. If nothing comes out of that, I don't know what even say anymore.
1: But no one saw that shit. That's why we have this show.
2: <laughs> like they, yeah, they didn't even talk about it or anything, because it's like, if, you, if somebody hacks your Twitter, I'll mention that shit on the show. <laughs>
1: Yeah, apparently not though. They just have they have a very strange way of dealing with things. And in the case of uh Mercedes Martinez, because remember there were there were early reports with her that uh that she didn't want to be a part of it or something. Apparently since then she's come forward and she's corrected that, you know. And she said uh that it had nothing to do with that. Like she's quoted. Let me see here. She says uh just a reminder that we are all still in a pandemic. I have asthma and. Immunocompromised and an immunocompromised son. So please take COVID 19 seriously. Be safe, stay healthy, wash your hands regularly, and wear your mask for the safety of yourself and others like me and my son. Thanks. So, contrary to her earlier beliefs, sounds to me like, uh, yeah, she just, uh, she was high risk. Yeah, no,
2: I think your he health first. A gimmick is not worth your health. Not that gimmick. Yeah, I would definitely not that one. You know, if there's. If
1: there's gonna be a gimmick, <laughs> that's worth your help.
2: It ain't this shit.
1: <laughs> it is not that one. Don't do it.
2: <laughs> you getting renamed Chinstrap is not worth your help, all right?
1: I wonder what did she have a name?
2: I don't know. They never named her. Ah, uh, I will never know what it was. But, what do you think? But they they're were, so was random. There? I was just like, fuck it. I'll throw something out there.
1: Yeah. Right. There's a tits.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh like. you better hope they'll listen to this show.
1: <laughs> now they can not use tips. T- I don't know what they would call her. I'm trying to think of a clever name for Mercedes Martinez that would fit into the uh, the universe
2: Waterboard. Like what?
1: I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, moving along. So, apparently there's been an issue with uh Cody Rhodes. Did you hear about this thing that happened with him and that Benson guy?
2: Yeah, like I guess um some information leaked out, I guess, about how things were with between those two.
1: Yeah, this was, a uh, the guy posted on social media. I actually saw this before it hit the sheets. Let me bring this up, and I guess I'm just going to have to read the whole damn thing. This is going to be one of those situations. Oh, God. Yeah, oh, God, indeed. So, uh, this guy basically says, uh, because he, he was hired with AEW. He says, things were very off from the time I started with AEW by the way of Comeback Studios. So just to clarify, he was hired by EW through Comeback Studios, which is, I believe, owned by Diamond Dallas Page. Shortly after I was hired, I was told that Cody, the EVP, didn't like me and thought I was a quote-unquote stalker fan based on an interaction I had with him at All In. This didn't make sense to me because every other time I had met him, he seemed friendly, even even initiating physical contact with me. But I was told over and over again, if Cody asks, we'll fire you. I became terrified of the man because I had left home and moved eight hours away from friends and family for this job, and I was told my job was in the hands of a guy who already didn't like me. Cody apparently requested that I not be present when he was in the building, which led to me either being made to leave or stuck hidden in a room when he came around, having to ask if I could come out to use the restroom. I was also told not to talk to any talent, not even friends I had made before either of us worked there. This led to really awkward interactions early on where I tried to avoid making eye contact. Give me a sec. I gotta go to the next one. This is a long one. So bear with us. Page two here. Eye contact with people I had friendly interactions with before or not responding when someone would attempt to talk to me. I didn't receive credit for work I had done in the road two series because Cody only wants these two people to have credit. When I brought up the other people that other people had credit, I was told the only reason we're crediting, we credited everyone else was because they were being babies about it. I wasn't allowed to post on social media about my job. I couldn't even update my LinkedIn. I was the only employee this applied to, as my coworkers would advertise weekly that they worked for AEW or would post pictures on set or with members of the roster. After being told for months that Cody didn't want to be even in the same building as me, he showed up randomly on a weekend while I was working, and I literally came face to face with him. He greeted me like nothing was wrong and gave me an aggressive high five after complimenting my all-in shirt. Interesting. Let's get the next page of this going. (sighs) Okay. I barely squeaked out the word hi as I walked past him to my office where I sat at my desk and hyperventilated because I was terrified that I was going to lose my job because I just so happened to be in the building at the same time. I had finally received the credit for the first countdown special as a quote-unquote production assistant, which they were hesitant to give me, but I had finally received recognition, was tagged in a Facebook post by my boss, and had multiple people tagging me to ask me if... If it was my name that they saw. I put out a single post thanking people for their support. and Hoping to make them proud. Throughout the week. I find out that Cody. Allegedly screenshotted my tweet. And sent it to the boss. With a thumbs down emoji. I'm told that I have to delete all my social media. Or be fired. In, in the meeting. I asked my direct boss if he had read the tweet. Not in a snarky or hateful way. The response was my other boss shouting. Don't fucking talk to him like that. At me. This led to my six foot five hall of famer boss getting in my face, intimidating me, get the next page up for you guys, into deleting my social media in front of him saying, do it now. And he, and he even knew I would do it because I wanted the job. And he would remind me constantly that AEW doesn't want you. You would never be hired without me or that this person or that person doesn't like you. And we can't let you be seen by them, which by the way, after doing a little bit of research, uh, And just putting pieces together, from what I have gathered, the boss that he is talking about that has been the one hassling him has to be DDP. Because this is a guy who originally was a a heavy guy on those DDP videos that went through like the whole training and was there. Right? Am I wrong about this? Just from what I'm seeing. Uh, Sounds
2: sounds pretty
1: smart on. Anyway, I went went on Twitter for months and had friends attempting to find me to see if I was okay because I had disappeared during this time I was mocked by my bosses because I pointed out that forcing me to delete social media was illegal that I wasn't sure if I wanted to work there anymore or even saying they should make me start over from zero on Twitter I'm not sure Cody was even aware that I had edited anything for his company apparently QT Marshall had suggested I edit something when when the normal editors were all busy and he said really you're suggesting Louis to me even though I had edited a few packages he was in in several episodes of his wife's cooking show so this is the treatment that this guy had. He also, I believe he provided some screenshots of the text messages like this one here. It says, FYI, Cody is coming in today. So we may need to move you to the other office from 1.30 to 3. And then he responds, okay, if you want, I can just stay out until then because I think Garrett needed that office at the time. And then the person says, okay. And then he says, would you prefer that? I can do whatever you'd like. So there's one screenshot that he shares. Uh. Next screenshot here from Dylan Freymeyer. Hey, Louie, heads up. Cody is coming in. So try to avoid the PC area. Thanks, bro. No problem. I'm home for the day. And uh, we got this one here. Oh, this was about the Twitter post. Let me get this one up a little bit larger. You guys can take a look at it there. Louie, take your Twitter post down. Cody messaged about it. And just think how busy he is today. Not good. He says, okay, it's gone. Sorry, Steve. Sincerely, when I saw other people tagging me on Twitter because they saw my name in the credits, and that you tagged me on Facebook, I assumed it was okay. It's bad when Cody brings it up the day of a pay-per-view, and then he says, "No time to discuss today." And then uh, that is the end of the uh, that is the end of the stuff that he shared. Thoughts? What do you think?
2: So <sighs> the thing that I'm finding, and not even saying whether he's telling the truth or lying, the thing that I would. I... I noticed that was consistent. It seemed weird was it's like it was people telling him what Cody said, saying what Cody said, like hey Cody said this, Cody said that. But yet when he has an interaction with Cody, that same type of animosity isn't there. Like it's it's weird because like you would think if you don't like somebody, you wouldn't be you wouldn't have like that kind of energy when you're in front of them you just kind of just like hey what's up and then just keep it moving
1: that being said there are elements of the story that just sound extremely believable you know like i can't act like it doesn't there are certain things just about it it doesn't sound like bullshit he provided screenshots um is it justified is the question that we should be asking ourselves Yeah. now uh So there's a couple of ways that I have to look at this and I have to think about this. A lot of this guy's social media posts have popped up from his past since. I'm not going to say he isn't a weird dude. He's a weird guy. He is strange. I remember him saying something on a post and it was joking, obviously, and this is no reason to bury someone or treat them like that. But I remember him tweeting to Cody one day, I guess they were doing a AEW was having a barbecue at some point instead of doing a show. And, uh, he remembered saying something about wanting Cody's meat in his mouth. And he was just like, oh, wait, that came out wrong, lol. Or he was just doing, it was just kind of strange. There was another point where he said some homophobic and racist stuff, you know, and it, he used the N-word. You can go back and you guys can look at this himself. And I mean, not for nothing, but uh, when you look at that, you look at the Rhodes family, you look at the fact that Cody Rhodes has a, has a black wife, and you blatantly, it wasn't like in a f- playful way, which wouldn't be justified. It was in a way where it was like, paraphrase I me. and it was like oh it's one of those filthy kind of like that kind of thing it was blatant yeah. racism no that and, yeah that's and, something and, i did and when, know, and when so these that's... tweets came back up recently because you know whenever shit happens on social media the first thing you do is bring up your tweets it's not like the guy said that those weren't real he said that he admits that when he was younger he used to say edgy things in order to get attention and as a teenager he said things and he says that the mistakes that a teenager makes doesn't think that it should dictate the actions of a man like seven or eight years later something like that i'm paraphrasing but, uh, this was his justification. I do agree with that aspect of it, but nonetheless, it doesn't change the fact that there could be potential justification for Cody to not want to be around this guy, since he does come off as weird. DDP has apparently openly called him Weird Louie or, or Strange Louie or whatever, openly. They said that you can actually hear him call him that in some of the fucking YouTube videos when they're, when DDP's on there. So, uh, it's apparently no secret. That being said, uh, That doesn't, uh, I think, I don't think Cody's wrong for feeling that way. I think the way people around Cody handled it was wrong. And if those tweets, assuming that those texts are real, it really sounds to me like the people that are around Cody kiss his ass too much. It sounds like there's way more ass kissing happening with Prince Cody than there was with King Vince or Triple H. You know what I mean? I couldn't imagine those guys asking someone, to not be around them Or anyone within the WWE corporate bubble Enforcing that shit Say what you want about them They're a corporate company They operate on a corporate level That kind of hazing shit doesn't happen in WWE And maybe that's one of the benefits There couldn't be such a freaking Hive-minded nature In the WWE That everyone Assuming this happened That everyone will be okay with this And again, that sounds like a lot of ass-kissing to me Cody has a lot to think about. is the day of the pay-per-view. Imagine how Cody feels seeing your name on Twitter, getting credited for doing something that you did for a job that you have. Not good that he has to worry about that on the day of the pay-per-view. First of all, Cody doesn't have to worry about that. Not his fucking problem. Yeah. It doesn't do anything. That's going to distract him from the pay-per-view. And apparently, the reason they can't get rid of him because it was, he was hired by uh, that other company. But then at the same time, I'm hearing that other company was run by DDP who's close with Cody. So it's weird. We don't really know. Everyone's doing the whole ping- finger-pointing thing, you know? At the end of the day.
2: Exactly. I don't know. Has,
1: has anyone from the AEW side or the or, or, or the Rhodes family, the Nightmare family, if you will, commented on not this shit? I've seen.
2: Because I looked. And when I, I
1: checked, they, were, they weren't they were talking about it at all. They were talking about AEW games and all this other stuff. But I, will, I do want to. I am curious, and I do want to keep updated. And it is just some guy. And he does, co- he does look like a mark. He does act like a mark. So I'm not even going to say he isn't. I'm not going to say Cody's not justified. But the way that it was handled, assuming this is the way it was handled, to me, that comes off a little bit strange.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, you got to deal with people a certain way, especially since the guy kept proof, you know? Yeah, yeah, you spot it on with that. (laughs) And yeah, I I do get where you're coming from, but everything you hear about him was from other people, not Cody. But then they put him in that spot where if he would have addressed Cody and it would have turned out that they were telling the truth, then uh, he gets fired on the spot because Cody can't stand him. It's such Uh, a weird way to take a job, you know?
2: Yeah, it really is.
1: Uh, it just leaves so much to think about. Like, why would they do that? This is such a strange premise to deal with.
2: Yeah, it's, I mean, because definitely uh, the tweets was a new thing hearing about from me. That de- definitely adds a element to it as well. But yeah, hopefully um, hopefully, we find out more in the very near future. Because this, uh, this is some shit. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't know about his racist tweets, right? Nah, I had no idea about any of that.
1: It's not even stuff I could say or put on the screen on here
2: yeah you know like, like it's that bad so,
1: but i'm definitely going to keep up with this and like i do what everything else keep you guys updated at the story so we'll have to see what happens there we're going to talk a little bit about impact wrestling because there's been some changes happening in the world of impact and that gets a lot of you super excited right maybe, yeah that's then and that other fan over there somewhere no, i'm kidding oh but uh, the Rascals, they had their final match in Impact, right? And where the hell are they going now? they go on to WWE?
2: Yep, the Rascals are coming to NXT. All
1: right. I don't really know much about these guys.
2: Oh, i oh, we'll you. Say, you oh, you could talk. Road.
1: I'm going to turn this down. What are you going to say?
2: I was going to say, yeah, I'll put it to you like this. If you've never seen these three go at it, if you've never seen these three, that's going to be a hell of a trio to have in NXT. Yeah. Like, they're one of my favorite uh, parts of Impact. And, yeah, they, um... Had quite the goodbye because I mean, they've been fan favorites the whole time they've been there. The fans absolutely adore these guys. What and are, yeah, this
1: who are the three members that, that are
2: in this is uh Trey Miguel, Des, or Desmond Xavier, and uh, Wez. I can't remember exactly who uh, what Wes's original name was. I remember
1: Desmond Xavier from the indies sometimes when I'd catch stuff on the indies randomly probably the only one yeah,
2: Trey Miguel and uh, Wedge were the uh, two lesser known members but yeah this has been an incredible trio since uh, they first got together yeah so consistently they... one of the most entertaining aspects of Impact and I mean like I said this is this is a when when these guys show up at NXT it's going to be a trio I think unlike anybody's ever seen before they're all over the place when it comes to the stuff they can do
1: yeah as long as they don't take away the gimmick split them apart and then make them into something else Push well, one guy that to Raw and be a Chad Gable that, style jobber, and then the other guy stay on NXT by himself as a single guy, and then the third guy will join right. uh, Retribution and he'll be D Bar. Oh my God! This this
2: is all you gotta do <laughs> just put him in NXT and just leave him in NXT. Don't take him out. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was.
1: I mean, um, they look good. They work well. You know, a, a lot oh, of that. Yeah, uh, a lot of that's not gonna fly. But I do like. Unfortunately, this is definitely not shit that's designed for here. For for I mean, for where they're going, you know, to NXT. Some of it, certain though, stuff,
2: certain stuff they're gonna have to change up. But the good thing about him is the way their style is; it won't hurt them. Yeah, everything looks good because, because like, they're they are probably one of the fastest trios I've ever seen. Like, if you blink, you'll miss probably six or seven moves from these two. They're that much; they're that fast and mad um, to watch. As JBL would say, these guys are so much fun to watch. Though it's probably one of my favorite trios in the business right now. And yeah, it's a uh, it it was. Definitely an emotional goodbye from them from Impact. They have been absolutely slaying over there, but yeah, NXT has a hell of a trio coming their way. So
1: Yeah, that's cool, man. You know, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of nervous whenever anybody leaves where they are, so I guess that was the match <sighs> that they right. had there. But yeah, very cool for them.
2: Yeah, big, big deal for those guys.
1: Well, hopefully they make good money. I mean, I'm not even re- really hearing that NXT money is great, you know, but at least you get to keep your Twitch account down there, right?
2: Yeah. I'll be keeping an eye off for that rascal, Twitch. I'm just saying. No. <laughs>
1: also, apparently there was restless court for that shooting that happened in Impact.
2: <laughs> I heard about this, but I did not see it.
1: Yeah, I didn't see it either. I don't watch Impact. But yeah, I told her oh. I was going to keep up with that shooting shit. So let's see what the hell. Come in. Oh, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer is the one We're who does a court. Swing
4: man, you doing draws tonight? I'll take two fifty. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, man, things have changed, and uh, I've gotten some new evidence. I need to go <laughs> through your fanny pack.
3: Oh, the you mean the waste pharmacy, Daddy? I got all the gizimics in here, Dad. What can I do for you? Like trail mix, you like? <laughs> uh
4: huh. You know that wasn't my, actually. Uh, is that a magnum?
3: yeah daddy here I'm the swing man have fun kiddo <laughs> Just is like that feeling, what what right? <laughs> school uh... no the other whoa dude
4: what are you what are you crazy man put that
1: away <laughs> the first one was a magnum condom and the second yeah, was an actual magnum what you, the daddy.
4: fuck Billy Robinson stretched me on Burns Farm you never know
1: <laughs> it took me a minute when I <laughs> saw
2: Wait, him pull out the you're magnum you holding
4: the smoking gun I was going to investigate a bunch of the boys but guess what that's it you're guilty man what are you talking about daddy Dude, enough there's no daddy and next week it's the return of wrestlers court the boys versus johnny swinger
1: it's like everyone has, has wants to have a fucking sense of humor nowadays in wrestling and king quest is 100% right we almost freaking forgot
2: God, it's been a while since we got this one
1: yeah I don't even know where the hell it is I've seen oh there we go alright for, for, the, for the rascals um,
2: it's seriously been like a solid year and a half i think since i've heard that yeah good god <laughs> yeah so but yeah they
1: look good you know i'm not gonna let's i'm actually gonna share I, that. With i, you guys. I, I can't afraid. wait
2: to see i can't wait to see what they do first yeah
1: <sighs> i just feel like i keep going down the same route man i'm not trying to be a debbie downer here but good lord i keep the every how many can't count the amount of times that we've heard someone going to me like
2: i can't wait to see what happens <laughs> Yeah, you know what I, it is? Is because they're going to NXT first. Like If they were going to Raw and SmackDown first, I'd already be crying. I but, just uh, feel
1: like I know what's going to happen.
2: The same thing that always happens, Pinky. Uh, <laughs> I've tried to enjoy it as much as I can. Damn it, don't ruin this. <laughs> you know you
1: know exactly what the hell's going to happen. Uh, the rascals. I wonder like, what they're going to be it, called. It, it,
2: it, I swear to God, it's like playing Red Dead Redemption 1 and then getting to the part where she's back at the farm. Like, you know how it's going to end. It's just like, no. <laughs> oh,
1: boy. In a last bit of relevant impact news, there were apparently people with the Impact Plus subscription that had technical difficulties watching the Turning Point 2020 pay-per-view about a week or two ago, right? Oh. It sounds like every time they have a pay-per-view. Well, anyway, don't worry, because they decided to just give everybody the pay-per-view for free. So if you missed the Impact Turning Point 2020 pay-per-view... Whether you're an Impact Plus subscriber or not, you can just go check out the pay-per-view. To even further prove it, here is the link for you guys. Right in the chat room. Here is the link on our social media. It's a good time to tune in if you haven't been keeping up. There's a free opportunity to see if something you want to jump on board. This used to just be on Fight TV and Impact Plus, and now there you have it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just take advantage of every opportunity and watch some more wrestling.
2: Yeah. I do like it they did that, though. Like, hey, you guys put your time in to watch this event. Things went wrong, so you know what? There you go.
1: <laughs> How would you rank Impact amongst all of the wrestling brands that you're watching right now? Oh,
2: man. I'm trying to think, what else do I watch? Dear God. I, realize I watch a lot of shit. Holy shit. <laughs> because I've realized at this point, I think I've almost gotten to the point where I start to consider NXT its own separate thing. Like, whenever I'm thinking about NXT, I'm not thinking about WWE, but uh, it's like... Damn, I catch it more than I catch NXT UK lately, but I've been liking NXT UK more. I of my list, it's got to be, the even though I'm enjoying some of the stuff I see, it's got to be at the bottom. Really? And I think it's only because, I think the only reason is with Impact, I more catch, I, I don't catch Impact live like I used to. I used to always watch Impact live, but Impact's at such an odd spot in the week. Like, I think it shows up on Tuesdays tuesday's usually kind of my break day from wrestling
1: oh dude you don't know with me well you do know i've told you guys on here i've gotten to the point as i get older that when it comes to this show the moment i get off here and you hear that shutting it down i am gone i make sure that the thing's up for all you guys that catch it on the radio on your way to work and shit and i am gone i don't i don't want i don't do anything wrestling i don't look at the news all week i i don't absorb any of that shit most of the time
2: yeah I think that I think that's what it is for me like let's say if Impact was on any other day of the week I'd probably catch it more often but something about that Tuesday slot where I'm just like huh eh. anything usually on like a Tuesday or a Thursday I catch it on like a rerun. like I catch and next to UK I will usually watch that on like Friday or Saturday to be but honest Impact I kind of catch it here and there like
1: yeah to be honest even when it comes to the Wednesday slot man like I uh I've been like that this this past Wednesday I didn't watch anything live and I just caught it later on. That felt so much better to me. You know, than to uh than to catch things live. And I've been I've been live almost the entire time we've done this show, but just the last couple of AEW well that last AEW and XT Wednesday block, I just said screw it. And I uh I just watched it later and it works better for me. But most of the time if I can I just shut everything off and I'm out of here, you
2: know? Yeah. And like I said, it's not saying that I don't like impact, but yeah. I have everything It's the one I think it's because I catch it the least often. If I was going to adopt
1: a Tuesday show, it would be AEW Dark, which is like, what, an hour and 45 minutes longer than AEW Dynamite? And it has like a lot more people I'm interested in there. Even with all the kookiness, I'd rather see AEW Dark and keep up with that continuity than to adopt another brand at this point.
2: Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what's making it hard is that there's so much out there. It's kind of hard to keep impacting that loop.
1: I think you and I have done a better job of keeping up with the generalness of everything that's going on in not only wrestling, but UFC, than when there were five or six of us doing it.
2: Saku Hasu, what's happening? This motherfucker popped in with a yo-yo, yiggity-yo, ain't that some shit?
1: Marceline, what's up?
2: Yeah. Jesus Christ, Marceline been here for a long time.
1: Yeah, but oh, no, I think that...
2: The old back up. Look at Charlie.
1: But yeah, I think that uh, we did, like, a much better job covering stuff currently than... Uh, honestly then when there were five or six of us on here and it became like just a clusterfuck of jokes and stuff like that you know
2: yeah which it, uh, it's been a lot better it's
1: you know there's a lot of wrestling cover we've done a lot better of a job of doing it which i guess uh that segues into our i guess our state of the podcast anniversary address i may as well start talking to you guys uh a little bit and we go oh you follow us on twitch thanks for the follow definitely you're going to want to follow on facebook i'm going to get to why during this but dustin you've been here we're now going into another year, any anything you wanted to say?
2: I mean, it's cool because it's the first anniversary where I'm a co-host. Like, that's, for me, a freaking huge deal because we've told the story a thousand times. I started listening to this thing on uh, TuneIn and then it eventually evolved into me finding Rick on Facebook, contacting him, just chatting here and there, as my usual enthusiastic self, just throwing ideas and shit out there, which is funny how I hardly do it now. But (laughs) it's crazy to think how long this journey is. Because, I mean, the show's been around for 60 years. I think I've been around for about four, maybe four and a half of them. Yeah. And it's crazy to think all this time's gone by and how different it is from where it used to be, how different things have been for me personally, where it used to be. And it it's now where this has just become like a daily part of my life. Like it's just become like a thing where it's something I just do. Nowadays, when it comes to whether it's work, my personal life, I revolve around it. I, I put everything kind of around the podcasting stuff. Like I really don't do stuff on Monday nights anymore. Not even just because of Raw, but because, hey, I'm, I tell my friends, like, hey, I'm doing the show tonight. So I'll catch you, for you later. It's become not even a job. As much as like, it's just, it's a regular part of my day. It's a regular part of my week. It's become a regular part of my freaking years. So it's crazy how far things have gone, how many different people I've seen come in and out. And it's kind of funny. Once upon a time, I remember when my freaking setup was garbage. I'll never forget one day Rick told me, um, this isn't for everyone. And I don't know what it was about that. But I didn't even know if it was for me, myself. But I almost inadvertently took it like a challenge. Like, okay, let's see if this shit's for me then. And then, and then lo and behold, I'm still here. You know? Like, it's it's friggin' nuts. But it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been an incredible ride. Whether it's the stress of when audio comes out fucked up. Dealing with just like trolls here or there, whether it be chat rooms or the platforms, all kind of other shit, to the highs of the Halloween episodes, the um, every time we hit another hundred episodes, throwing out some of the new games we've done, just every little thing we get to do, the fact that like I actually have when it comes to certain ideas a level of influence in this thing, it has been an absolute pleasure. It's been an incredible ride. And it's probably the most fun i think i've had in a long time when it comes to certain stuff like it gives me stuff to look forward to during the week whereas usually it was just my weeks just kind of went through nothing really happened it was just like all right cool another week in the neighborhood let's move on to the next whereas now i'm getting off of work on mondays like okay let me get my shit set up i got about a few hours until the show i got time let's do this so it's it's been awesome it's been absolutely amazing so
1: awesome and that's good to hear and uh, I, I admit the show through the six years suffered from growing pains because as I've said many times on here before, when I started this, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any guidance. I didn't know. I bought the domain talk I didn't know what to do as far as how to get the audio going or how exactly what the format would be. You'd be amazed at details you, that people don't think about that uh go into things like just the simple, basic thing of Destin and I both coming out on the audio at the same time as other audio and things coming out and all syncing and the videos. It was it slowly grew, but I, but there was the the problem with this is that I have to take accountability for the fact that through those growing pains, I feel like past staff did suffer from it. And what I mean by that is like Destin said, he's seen a lot of people come and go. And a lot of it was because the show I feel was a lot harder to manage. And, uh, as someone who was learning while teaching, it was definitely spreading me thin. And it was really hard, I think for a lot of other people from the past. And that doesn't really justify anybody that, uh, I guess what are what are the words that I could use here for 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 anyone that I guess ran from whatever there are, uh, from responsibility, but at the same time, uh, I kind of understand because it was a more challenging show, and I myself, I don't think was as together in regards to creating content as I am now. I think I was sort of feeling my way through it, and you guys were just uh pretty much unconditionally absorbing it, which definitely encouraged me. And that being said, I want to thank the people that have consistently supported every incarnation of Talk Brunch and have been here for all of the ups and downs because really at the end of the day, you guys are the ones that kept it alive because without the incentive of the regulars, I don't care if there's one or 100 or 1,000 uh, the whole point of the community is that it is content to be created. It is um, a direct stream of consciousness. And I think that the people that have been involved, the times we've been huge, the times we've been small, the times we've been medium, I think that it's been great. And uh, in that time, I learned, even though I had some experience with these things, you're forced. And I always tell people to say, how do you learn how to do this? How do you learn how to do that? In order to learn, the worst way to go into learning is just learning for the sake of learning. I, in my opinion, I know some people differ. I feel like it's easy to learn when you have an objective. When you know you want to do something, then you're going to automatically seek out the necessities uh, to make it happen. And in this time, I've learned video, audio, and graphic editing. I learned how to control overlays and broadcasts, make polls, sync platform streams, embed objects, capture videos, and so many other countless things. As ridiculous as it's going to sound, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but as someone that's always been considered by his peers a pretty smart guy, I'm fairly confident that sticking to this platform and expressing creativity and creating content with the rest of you that I've grown and I've become much smarter, you know, because it's like a gym for your brain when you're doing things like this. Things that used to take me hours to do in regards to content take me minutes. Now, things that used to take me minutes take me seconds. And uh, and I don't mention it often. Uh but I just want to remind you guys that I'm simultaneously controlling all of this. There's no staff here, there's no one behind the scenes. That's like everything that you see, every platform that we're on, all the things moving at the same time. Uh it's me and it's two screens, two different computers running at the same time. It is me behind two keyboards, multiple screens at the same time, uh running all of it while talking to Destin. And uh it used to be a lot harder to do this. You know, and and now it's just become literally a second nature situation for me there's no team here. And quite frankly, when there was a team, they were struggling when it was just audio, when there was no screen, when there was no stream, when there was no follows, when there wasn't like a feed going across or a ticker on the bottom or things you had to relabel and tag. None of this is automated. And uh, like I said, there was a point where I think that my lack of experience made uh, it a bit of a burden on the people that I was trying to teach. Uh, that being said, being 100 percent transparent i thought about what i wanted to do this anniversary about reaching out to others who was i going to call who was i going to talk to were there people because a lot of people left here were under good terms some people maybe it was time to mend fences uh and the most important thing to me is i didn't want to disappoint anyone but i then i realized that the way the world is one thing i've learned in 2020 is that we all have to be honest with ourselves And I really had no interest in in bringing past brunchers here just because I'm, I'm not a nostalgic guy. As much as this is for you, this is also for myself and Destin and for us behind the curtain. For the benefit of the community, I consider reaching out and bringing past people. But the you know what really changed my mind? And that's doing research, just like I do before I come on here every week and I put the program together. That's doing research and coming to realize that none of them have really done a single relevant thing since they were last here. The last significant piece of content any of them created aside from social media posts was on here. It just seemed like it would be a boring event because at the end of the day, I'm starting to realize that we were the fuel for a lot of those people. And once they departed the platform, they just didn't do anything. And you guys know me. I'm all about productivity whether it be personally or professionally, whether it be profit or nonprofit. As long as someone is investing their energy into being creative and productive, it piques our interest. But I can't just bring people around for the sake of putting them over and showcasing all the nothing that they've been doing. That's just me being honest. In a lot of cases, the whole reason why we downsized was because it was hard to squeeze anything good out of everyone when you have a panel of five, six rotating people in the first place. And so I'm gonna seek them out and squeeze now. So I got to ask you guys, when you're always asking about cameos and nostalgia, how many years are we going to keep the almost empty ketchup bottles that are the alumni brunchers upside down, hoping just to get a little drip on that hot dog? Because I, for one, have grown. It has been many years and I'm just over it. And I've come to realize, contemplating and meditating and thinking about things, that one of the issues with this community is that we grew too fast and we grew wrong. And we grew with the wrong people. And quite frankly, it became harder to downsize and trim the toxic fat and grow properly the way we're doing now. And it's, was it worth it? Absolutely. I think every experience was worth it. I have no regrets for anything that happened or any of the people that we met. And I literally don't even have any animosity towards the ones that might have animosity towards me. I've just, I'm just kind of in a different place. Even those that I've, uh, that I, that I, I split where the last time we spoke, we were cool and everything. It's not even a matter of anything. I'm just done with them too just because I'm in a different place. But uh the point that I'm making, I digress, what I've learned and what I wanted to pass on to the rest of you is that it's okay to walk away from situations and people that impair your growth, whether whether water or blood, friends or family, you only get one life. And I think in 2020, one thing we've all learned, or at least I sure as I'll have, is that more than anything, you better live your best one. So by the same token, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, try not to walk away from things that are quote unquote tiring or too hard don't make excuses working hard one thing i've learned is working hard I shit it pays off you know but i i personally feel like i changed a lot in these past six years that you guys have met me on here especially in 2020 with all the stuff that we've gone through like i i feel like i used to be highly extroverted and social i like i used to like being around people and having people around sometimes i'd even let you guys take control of the show during pay-per-view sundays and i would go and hang with friends i'd either go out or have them here post-covid me i can't wait for motherfuckers to get out of my sight I'm not interested in how anyone is doing or them knowing how I'm doing or what I'm doing. I don't want people in my house. If they want to know how I'm doing, they could listen to the show. I'm the polar opposite of how I've always been. It could be a combination of age as well as the situation with the world. I just know that I've never felt more comfortable just being left alone most of the time. I guess in more ways than one of what I'm trying to say is I'm solely in a lot of ways responsible for the way things have been because I really haven't reached out to our invited people on here. I've been completely off of social media. I come on here, I do the content, and then I'm gone. So if there's anyone you have to blame for that more than other people not being around blame me. I haven't tried. I just kind of it fatigued on me. And it's not nothing personal towards them, even the people we're on good terms with. It, it just fatigues on me to have to coordinate and collaborate at this point, and I was just over it. Even in my own personal life. Uh, for me, it's easier to downsize. I keep in contact with my father and my stepmother. And to be honest, everyone else has sent a voicemail. I'm just at a point where I'm like completely disinterested in the rest of the world. I live with my significant other. And honestly, that's good enough. We have tons of stuff in common. I get to hang with her. You guys know us. You're on the streams here. If you're not on this channel during off days when we're streaming, check it out. We game together. And it's like she's like a trainer girl gamer. You know the way to have to build the bear? She's not a trainer girl gamer. You know, like there's an actual game. I don't have to throw a progress biscuit every time she holds a controller properly. There's like an ultra gaming girl, biscuit. you know? So, uh yeah. you know, this is just the experience that I've had. I wanted to talk to you guys. I don't want to have to, this shouldn't be a circus on here all the time. I'm getting a little too old for that. We have to come on here and display and showcase people and we have to invest our energy into others. I want to invest my energy into us and into you guys and be more real, which is how this last year has gone. I think this has been my favorite year of doing content because I've actually known what I'm doing. So I've had to concentrate less on the actual technical parts of content creation and I could just be more myself on here. When we had four or five people on here. A lot of the time I had to be in the background, even when I was being vocal. Because I'm always split attentive with what's happening uh as far as that, which I still am even right now. Like while I'm talking to you guys, I'm looking at so many different screens. I'm shifting between looking at the feed and the chat room as well as the uh the program in front of me and, and many other things. But uh it's just a little bit easier to do now. And Again, like I said, I just didn't think that there would be... I don't feel like anyone... Keep in mind that when Destin and I started doing this together, when it became just him and I as the host and co-host formula, that's when we first started having a screen and an actual feed, the one on streaming platforms. The last time anyone else was here that was contributing on a regular basis, there wasn't even a stream or a feed like that. Even if we could bring back past people or things like that, they wouldn't know what to do in this environment. And no disrespect meant with that. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't want to fortify, you know, there are things that we're going to do, you know, like I told you guys, it's looking like at some point, Facebook would become our primary platform since that seems to be the best place, at least for wrestling content. Um, The wrestling content seems to be the thing you guys want most out of everything, which I can't blame you for. You're not looking too much to game streams or anything else. Um, So, I mean, I have to listen to the community where we're going to have more wrestling content going forward. Um, The other content, we're going to regroup and we're going to recalibrate it. I'm not sure what's coming back as far as streams, whether it be the Jackbox or the Sunday uh, telltale nights or what stream, there are certain streams that we're already in the middle of that. I have an idea. They're going to stay around randomly, but uh, we're going to recalibrate that. And I would like the input of the community. If you're into extra content, if you're not, you don't have to, but if you're into extra content, what kind of streams do you want to see? What out of the library that we have, do you like that you don't like, but right now, Facebook has spoken as far as being our main, most successful platform. We've grown there in the time we've moved from Mixer to Facebook beyond what we ever were on Mixer, just having that platform there. And that's no disrespect to Twitch. It's okay on here too, but it's, there's a lot of content creators on here and uh that makes it a lot more challenging on Mixer. We had that advantage, which I always explained to you guys. So yeah, we're going to do more wrestling content for sure. Pay-per-views definitely. The other content is going to be recalibrated. Facebook down the road is probably going to become our primary platform. I wouldn't rule out one day that being one of the only places you could find us besides our com website. So if you're not following on Facebook, liking the page, I highly suggest you do. Um, and this time around, yeah, there's going to be a rebuilding phase. Like I want to have other panelists by my, besides myself and Destin. And it's going to be handled differently. But the beauty and the confidence in this rebuilding phase is that the first time that I did this, I had no idea what I was doing. And I just all kind of came together this time. At least I know exactly what I'm doing, you know? So I know exactly what I want to do and how I want to handle it. And there's not going to be as much room for error. And I don't really have to depend or worry about what other people are they're doing. So, uh, but yeah, thanks again, guys, for, uh, for this experience and all of the growth. And for those of you that thought that this announcement was going to be some sort of a retirement or something, <laughs> I'm so fucking sorry to once we again, we ain't be going nowhere guys, you know, uh, like I said before, um, I'm going to take satisfaction in knowing that I freaking podcasted and streamed to death. And even though when I'm gone, that I took satisfaction in knowing that that is literally how it went down. (laughs) so no you're not going to get uh you're not going to get that because i know that's where the extra views and lurkers that i'm seeing across all the platforms are coming from those of you that thought this was going to be some sort of a cancellation announcement contrary to belief my friends things are going to change as far as uh, just the way content is handled i think that we can be a little bit more casual around here and we are going to bring in others but no we're good i just wanted to point out where in the world we are and yeah, I said, any questions? I also have the floor open for questions, comments, also call ins if you feel like calling, in. Yeah, which yeah, I know I was last minute about that, but if you feel it? like getting on the line or whatever, uh, that's what I pretty much reserved this evening for. And also, I'll take a moment to open my Bang Energy. I don't know yeah, why I keep advertising them. Drink. They haven't given us any sponsorship or something. There are certain energy drinks that might be willing to, but they're not going good. I
2: think that's what it is. Like.
1: Yeah. I just find, you know what it is? I used to, uh, I think I might mention I used to drink the Rays energy drinks because there's a health store near me, and the Rays are sugar free yeah. and they don't have any garbage in them like these Monster's the shit is made out of literally nuclear dust. But uh, they stopped having Rays, so I said I'll try a Bang, and it turned out to be good. So like I just order them; I ordered them off of Amazon.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it has a uh, it has been quite the experience. And yeah, like you said, understand, people, we ain't going nowhere. All right. <laughs> 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 This ride ain't over yet. We ride this motherfucker until the wheels fall off and then we go push it. <laughs> but yeah, it's it has been really cool. Like it's it got to the point where like I, I remember those days when sometimes like it's just like, oh god, let me make sure my shit's straight. Oh god, did yeah. I lag? Oh god, we used to come mm-hmm. on here and just be tense. And the second we get off the air, okay, deep breath. You but Now it's just.
1: We become more relaxed. We're not as strict with the content, and no one really cares about interference or weird things like that. But it's also become we the, you got the payoff that I got of sticking around long enough to do it, where you just become comfortable doing it. You know, where it's yeah. like a lot of these guys got jittery. And this, again, I I want to remind you guys that there, aside from a couple of females that we had on here, any male that's ever been on here, and that's no, that doesn't mean that's wrong, but any male that's been on here, sort of taking it upon themselves that they wanted to be part of the show. I've never gone up to any male person and been like, you know what? I think that it will be a really good idea for you to be here with me. They, they've always taken that first step in the initiative to be here, and that's part of a, I guess, what it is. Sure, I've invited them back once we've known them and stuff like that, but everyone's always taken that first step. I've respond, I've, I've recruited two girls. That's about it as far as everything else has happened organically here, which there's nothing wrong with that.
2: Yeah, know. exactly. It's just I just happen to be. The one lone soldier that stuck around.
1: I'm sorry, three girls because we had had the. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. We had that one British girl for a couple of weeks. Oh, three girls. You know, if we count that, she had like health issues or whatever, I believe.
2: Yeah, but I mean, yeah, there's no malice, there's no ill will, at least not on our end. We can't speak for the other ones, but I mean. The birthday
1: cake flavor, what? I'm sorry to interrupt you. That's the birthday cake flavor of what? There's a fucking energy drink birthday cake uh, flavor?
2: Apparently, bang. Yeah. What's... uh,
1: Okay, that's different Is it for sale where we go to get them? Yeah, the girlfriend says it is You know, I'll try one tomorrow
2: God, George says it's nasty But then again, hey, you gotta go with your gut uh,
1: What does it taste like? I can't even imagine I mean, everyone has a different kind of birthday cake, though Isn't that so weird?
2: I love some of these things, like, fucking sugar shade popped up The unicorn is my shit Like, it's a, Man, if I could write that down as a title
1: I'm surprised <laughs> but, <laughs> New Day doesn't have energy drinks Unicorn energy drinks
2: Oh, it's only a matter of time
1: You know, they're so marketable, right?
2: They, they only just now became free DLC and Gears. So.
1: <laughs> They're so freaking marketable that I'm surprised that Kofi hasn't pedigreed X-Pac. Oh,
2: <laughs> my God. Oh, Jesus, that would have been wonderful. I think
1: that'd be genuinely anger. I can't even imagine for that.
2: He, oh, he comes out in the pedigree's woods. No, not comes seen... like pedigree's biggie.
1: Because if you had to think in your head about the top time that heel turns have genuinely turned fans venomous, what would they be? Because for that, me, Triple H WrestleMania 15 turning on X-Pac was definitely one. We talked about that last week. Um, Obviously, Hogan, when he thought that he was coming to, to save them from Nash and, and Hall.
2: That one. Yeah, for sure.
1: I think Rollins. Well,
2: yeah, Rollins because there was no warning whatsoever for Rollins.
1: I didn't like the fact that with the Rollins one, they didn't give us some time to enjoy it. Like the fact that they were like on the top of the mountain. They like beat everybody. They beat the shit out of even Evolution. Like no one could stop them. And then they were standing tall. Evolution comes yeah. to the ring all defeated. And this asshole turn. I was like, dude, you beat everybody. You won. You were like the top of the food chain. i say even
2: though they didn't turn on him. Yeah, actually, no, Wait, no, that wouldn't work because they didn't turn on him. Because I was going to say uh, Austin and Rocket, uh, Mania 17. But yeah, the fans yeah, you refused know. to boo him. So.
1: I didn't mind that. I didn't mind the Austin one. I actually, as much as people didn't like that, I was just, I felt like it needed to happen, you know? so
2: Yeah, ve- they had to try something new eventually.
1: But, f- but I'm talking heel turns where you genuinely were like, that sucks. Like, now we're not going to have <laughs> that anymore. Like, I felt like that with Triple H, with X-Pac, obviously. Hogan, even though those turned out good, both of those turned out fantastic. Rollins turned out also good. He was better. I mean, those guys are better without the shield, as cool as the shield thing is diner yeah, brother breakup that's another one
2: there, There's, god why there's so many of them
1: i really kind of felt like that festival of friendship shit with jericho and owens that was another one that blew my mind that one was rough <laughs> you know like i was like was wow. it
2: unexpected it was just such a vicious ass whooping
1: yeah i watched that a few times that's one of my favorite segments of the current age you know and i know it's all jericho because he talked about how he they, they wanted to cut most of that and he did it that that one was i was really fucking entertained with that and i actually felt bad at the end like, I was like, man, well, that sucks that these guys were, like, they were, like, part of my entertainment every week. And i like, it's over, you know, which is what a good angle's supposed to do, you yeah. know? So uh, that one, that one worked for me just because, uh, but you see, that's one that worked well. I didn't really hate either one of them afterwards where it was, like, I didn't have, like, a hatred toward them. Oh,
2: yeah, there's, God, there's so, so many.
1: The the Festival of Friendship, Jericho and, uh. Yeah, when, when,
2: Owens. when, uh, when Owens was Universal Champion, he turned on Jericho.
1: Which is funny because Jericho's getting a lot of heat in AEW nowadays because of the fact that he uh, he's doing comedy stuff and he's kind of like doing weird comedy characters. And I'm like, this is the same chris jericho who was gonna fight chris benoit on a boat and on a goat and all that other shit um really? the same jericho who had the, the, one, the one that the does that same bit with you
2: stephanie know? every time they're together
1: the same jericho who had a list the same jericho who had a list of wrestling moves that ran across the commercial break that 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 rolled out of his hands and then and, and that, 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 that the had on there you like know? 90 times that had a glow-in-the-dark jacket and had a sidekick named ralphus You know that that you know what I mean that that was inside of a cage to protect him from Goldberg. You know what I'm saying? Like it's weird how people are like, "Oh, Jericho's ruined himself because now he's doing comedy." Have you been watching the same Chris Jericho that I've been watching over the fucking years? The only difference
2: between this now is it's all Jericho's ideas.
1: You know what I mean? Like, has anyone else? It's weird that that's the heat he's getting for being this different character. And I'm like, I could think of way more funny Chris Jericho stuff than almost anybody else. Even people who have legitimately tried to go for funny have not been as funny as that guy over the years.
2: Jericho, like, whether he's trying to be a bad guy or he's trying to be a good guy, whether he's trying to be funny, he knocks it out of the park every time. Always messing up and people's names so by uh, about, like.
1: always messing up people's names by by pronouncing it phonetically. Like remember he used to call Chris Benoit Chris <laughs> Benoit. He used to do that everyone's name. Go back and think about all the <laughs> things. Anytime Jericho <laughs> met somebody, he would always pronounce their name phonetically, that no time matter how you knew
2: He was introducing <laughs> all the Cruzoids
1: Yeah, and it would make people's names sound like shit. It was he's always been a funny guy, you know. So I don't I don't give the guy heat for that. I think that there's a little bit of a uh, unfair heat going to AEW. Yeah, they have things wrong with him, but not but not for that. But speaking of, uh, story, storylines and writing and things like that, WWE fired a lot of people. You're going you to take say. this one, one, one moment at a time. According to ringside news, they said that, uh, one of the key members of the writing team, the lead writer, um, basically was released. They're looking for a new lead writer now. And they basically says WWE develops and produces 52 weeks of original programming, including Monday Night Raw, the longest-running weekly episodic television show in history, airing on USA, and Friday Night SmackDown, airing in premiere in in, in prime time every Friday on Fox. Both Raw and SmackDown combine action, drama, reality, com- comedy, and adventure. And the goal of the creative team is to provide compelling stories portrayed by the world's most charismatic, diverse, larger-than-life characters on or off television the lead writer will have the opportunity to manage mentor and develop experienced writers producers with a diverse creative background while simultaneously being accountable for compiling editing and developing weekly long-term script storylines and character development and then here comes the list of key responsibilities folks because they have to manage a team of writers to produce and build compelling stories that capture a global audience fitting to multiple demographics Not just 18 to 49 for some reason. Lead writing team discussion and brainstorming and laying out weekly episodes and long-term storylines. Responsible developing for development of clearly defined yet emotionally sophisticated characters for a diverse group of WWE superstars through thought-provoking, captivating, and creative storylines. That's crazy how much that shit sounds like the opposite of what we have now, right? Like, it sounds like they just want to give... Like, I give them credit because that's what I want. Like, what they're asking for in the now hiring is here. We're
2: not even getting a hundredth of that.
1: Edit in-ring promos and backstage segments. Hey, Louie can do it. No, I'm kidding. Edit in- <laughs> Oh, shit. Louis free. Oh, my God. <laughs> I hate <hear> Louis free.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and segue back into uh, how much fun this thing has uh, been. Yeah, this has been one of my favorite parts of the show. These fucking one-liners we throw out. Keep in mind, people. We all played shit when it comes to this.
1: I just thought of it as soon as I... And I didn't read this ahead of time. But no, not I'm reading that it has editing and shit. I'm just like, Louie, man. You know?
2: Okay, I'm writing that one down. Louis free.
1: It would be great if they ribbed him, though. Because that's one thing. WWE, they would never, like, haze you, but they would rib you. It would be great if they did hire Louie and then they ribbed him one day and they were like, hey, man, listen. And it was like, "Uh, I don't know who, who, who we have back there that it could be freaking Pierce and he's like listen Louis, Orton has a thing where he's not comfortable fully around you so like there's going to be some days that we're going to need to put you over in the broom closet (laughs) but they're just ribbing (laughs) like it's not really a deal. Just kidding Louis, we're not like Cody, we're not like Cody Oh, Allegedly Allegedly But yeah, edit, entering promos and backstage segments submitted by writing team members for continuity, character consistency, story progression, and final punch ups. Compile, write, edit, and take ownership of the drafts for their respective shows weekly, including all promotions, graphics, replays, and pop culture references constructively mentor and critique individual writers to help develop growth and foster a positive team environment, incorporate consumer insights and social media to deliver impactful storylines that are consistent with the WWE and talent brands. Definitely pitch ideas and stories to executives in weekly creative meetings, producing direct talent in live television environment on a weekly basis, collaborate with internal WWE departments as liaisons for the creative writing team. Travel weekly to live tapings of Raw and SmackDown as well as pay-per-view events. Then you get your requirements. 10 years plus of TV, film writing, and production experience. Experience supervising a writing team and leading a writer's room. Experience leading multiple team members and pitching creative to networks and executives. Professional TV staff experience in drama and comedy is a plus. Writing and directing reality television is a plus. Experience in all aspects of live television is a plus. Strong knowledge of WWE shows, talent storylines, and audience demographics slash psychographic. A BA and BS in film. Well, I'll tell you this. I don't know how many people have that, but this weekly show does have a lot of BS in it already uh tv drama (laughs) media studies communications or similar field of study or proven experience in lieu of degree so essentially for those who don't understand what they're basically saying is that if you don't have those degrees then you need to have the experience that one that would have those degrees would have somewhere else before working there located in new york city Stanford, connecticut and area or able to relocate so this is what they are looking for in their requirements That means that they at least, we got to give them credit. That means they fired motherfuckers for that to be the job that's on the table. That means that they told somebody to go home. That job's not just there. You know what I mean? Like they fired somebody. Good job. Tell that dude to go home. Whoever it is. Hopefully the person doing the Lana stuff, you know, if anything, they need to give it to the girl who does the uh, Otis for life, Otis and Mandy for life. No, I'm kidding. Remember Otis and Mandy for life. They rehired her, right? She's okay.
2: Yeah I, think, yeah, I think she's back.
1: They rehire her, and then they just decide to fire the angle <laughs> that way she wouldn't get away anyway. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh man! And they also uh, fired Karen Malane. Well, they fired someone, then they hired uh They they fired Brian Nurse and John Brody, who are uh, executives, and they hired Karen Malane, who's the new controller and principal accounting officer. So she's the one who's going to be taking that guy, uh, this guy, Mark Cowell's job, who was there with the company for 19 years before they fired and brought her on board. And then according to PW Insider, Pat Murrin was a senior vice president for data strategy, been there since 2016. He was uh, also released there's speculation going around that a lot of these departures are because of back when George Barrios and Michelle Wilson, the co-presidents, got released. This is a lot of the under people from them. So they're just starting to shift it around and bring in like a new team. So that's why you're starting to see the entire corporate structure change from top to bottom. The writers are gone. The executives are gone. The data management people are gone. The accountants are gone. This is not the same company. it's the hot dog guy
2: inside B has gone. now.
1: Yeah. But according to Wrestling Observer Radio or newsletter in this case, they're basically saying that despite all of the bad ratings that WWE has experienced during this pandemic, that when it comes down to it, uh, with their current deals expiring in 2024, a lot of analysts are saying that, uh, their rights fees numbers are going to increase, which means that they're going to be getting more money for the next contracts with the lower ratings. And the reason behind this is that most people's logic Is that, uh, sure, the ratings may be declining because of what's happening in the world and the fact that entertainment is scattered across everything, but wrestling has been able to guarantee decent weekly television numbers twice a week, no matter what, whoever gets them is guaranteed to have something that will always be there generating something. So they're not no longer looking at TV when they make these new deals in four years as who has the higher ratings They're looking at it as who was able to be around most consistently Next time shit goes down Who's going to be able to stick through it So WWE is going to be getting more numbers Because people look at it as no matter what It's new content every week We unfortunately now live in an age where that's how things are being done You know where it's kind of like you're getting new content That's not as a uh, That's not something you take for granted as much as you used to So uh, you know we're living in a world where, unfortunately, quote-unquote, it's better than nothing has become the norm. Even with the new Call of Duty. You yeah. know, The new Call of Duty has a lot of fucking problems. It's garbage in a lot of ways. But it was done during a pandemic with a lot of last-minute changes. And uh, they went through a lot of stuff. Doesn't justify anything. But There's we're just in an age where... Like, hey, it's here. Entertainment has become maybe not extremely rare. But having entertainment has become more rare than it was a year ago. Which makes something like having a program like WWE more valuable than it was. Which wrestling's already valuable as something that's global and 365 days a year, practically. Now you have it 365 days a year, come rain, shine, pandemic. Can't top that deal.
2: Nope, not at all.
1: You know, I, I would want to have wrestling if I, if I had my uh, stuff dealt, dealt with that way. And that's also going to apply with AEW. AEW has been able to have good numbers on TNT. When their contracts come around, they're going to be making more money because people have been able to acknowledge the fact that this is a company that uh, is able to generate. That's all people think about when they look at these things. got to always remember that. That's the main thing that people think about. Exactly. Being able to generate some cash flow. So as much as a lot of you guys are waiting for the Reaper to come knocking and take WWE out with Fox, nah, man, not now. The world will literally end first. (sighs) What are your thoughts on that? I see you're quiet on the success of
2: WWE. I mean, it's it's the reality, yeah. Like they've managed to, they might not be the ways that I would agree with, but they yeah, they've managed to hang around through this whole thing. They haven't missed the beat. They just kept going and kept going. Like, the reality is, like you said, that's what they're looking at now. Like, who was able to stick around when this thing got bad? You and know. now with us trying to come out the other side, who's still here, they they both have never gone anywhere.
1: <laughs> I like to look at it like they handled that shit AMC style. They handled that shit like Walking that when Rick left. They were like, come on, who we got? Who we got?
2: <laughs> who's coming with me, man?
1: Because <laughs> that's what AMC did. You know, once Andrew so Lincoln long. said he was out there, assholes tightened. And
2: they were like, all right, who we got? And we still got Darren. Daryl, cool. like, look, it. we got money. Agent. Look, we got a contract yeah, right here, Daryl.
1: <laughs> Carol was like the Jan from that bit, from from, from fucking half uh, halfback Jan, oh, yes. Man. Was like, Carol, man, I knew you'd come <laughs> with me. <laughs> Fuck it. They knew they were fucked. <laughs> they knew they were fucked because that was abrupt, and they had to retcon. And I, I like that USA did that. They realized they were like, who we got? We got to do something quick, and they kept it going, no matter who left. Roman left. Think about it. Everyone forgot how bad that was. Do, don't you remember? Do I need to remind you what it was like? Roman left, and then that was like the beginning of that, and everything fucking fell apart. They didn't even have a Daryl and a Carol. They just had
2: Morales. <laughs> so you got to look at it like that. So I think that they, that yeah, they could I had to go Morales. I was just fucking just swing wild. Oh yeah, Morales.
1: Yeah, that sucks.
2: No, they had better Morales. Come on.
1: All right. Well. Moving stories along. Zelina Vega. Apparently. We're being told that. uh, I didn't really realize that she was released on Friday the 13th.
2: Ain't that a bitch?
1: They're good at this, right? This is crazy. Like they always wait until special events. Weddings and funerals and birthdays. And then they'll either release or hire you. you know, isn't that what happened to Lana? She got hired on her birthday? I think so. Look at that. So, uh. According to Wrestling Observer, they were saying that Mark Carano was the one who told Zelina Vega about her release, and this was before SmackDown went on the air. And then she asked to speak to Vince, but uh, they said that Vince didn't want to talk. And they escorted her out of the building. So, uh, yeah. That's, uh...
2: It is weird because once upon a time we were talking about the fact that that was one of Vince's favorites.
1: That is correct. But according to Fightful, they said that uh, they weren't surprised that, uh, she couldn't speak to him because a lot of wrestlers have been saying that it's hard getting a word in with Vince, even when you're employed. And apparently someone from SmackDown was saying that they waited weeks to speak to him after they got called up and he's really busy. Um, you know, when it comes to being able to reach him and, uh, yeah, that's stuff they- I have
2: heard pretty consistently too, though.
1: Yeah, they said that it's not easy. And they were, and they were like that they said that also, according to ringside, they said that that line outside of Mr. McMahon's office is even harder to keep now because of the social distancing and that the line doesn't really appear in like a physical form anymore since people can't just be standing outside there anymore. And that now at this point, Vince just keeps to himself in his office and he's rarely seen anymore now more than ever. So, uh. On one hand, people could be like, that's fucked up or whatever. But on the other hand, um, I guess he's just not. I mean, it's not like this is the first time we're hearing this. He's not that accessible. It's a miracle that she ever got to speak yeah. to him, honestly. Out of all people's Alina Vega, no disrespect, but you know, it's a miracle that she got to speak to him in the first place.
2: Yeah. will uh-huh. even mentioned before on the Jericho's podcast, so it's was like, it's not easy to get in touch with Vince.
1: No, it isn't. And, uh, it could have been partially that and also partially he doesn't want to put up with it. Like she, they already decided they were going to fire her and that was it.
2: And, oh uh, cool, that's not shady. That's just, how busy Vince always is that's a known fact I kind of like, feel Vince like Vince is all over the place when it comes to that place
1: but you know what I kind of feel like this is one of those situations as a CEO that you do have to step in you know what I yeah. mean yeah like if there was have ever, an
2: exception this time
1: if there was ever a time for you to have a conversation with an employee you're releasing it's when something that's been in the mainstream media that's getting this much attention happens you should probably say something you know, so I think that uh even just for the sake of damage control, I hate to say it, but even from speaking from a corporate level, just in case you want to keep things uh civil between you and her and maybe prevent her from being as aggressively pro-union as she is. Saying stuff like the door is always open instead of your door literally not being would have been yep. a better approach to this. I don't think that there's anything at this point that they could do. So they may as well just be the main bad guys all the way to the end, you know, because I think at this point what's done is done. So go for it because people are everyone's already fully attentive about this. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like even if they gave her back her job and rehired her and tried to fix everything, it this isn't going to go away now. You know, this is the case of the thief putting the jewelry back inside of the of, of the fucking jewelry store after the alarms have gone off and the cops are on their way. Don't worry, I'll put it back. Like, it's already too late, guy. So, uh... And also, um... That SAG-AFTRA Twitter account... You know who those guys are, right?
2: Yeah, um... I remember we mentioned them last week.
1: Yeah, the, uh... The people, the union people. They tweeted... Powerful conversation with Thea Trinidad, Zelina Vega, today. We support her and others as they work to protect and empower themselves. This was about four or five days ago. So... The fuse has already been lit, fellas.
2: Yeah. They're gain like, it might not be much, but it's starting to gain
1: traction. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that you now have a democratic uh, system, you have your yeah, Democrats. Your eyes
2: are watching. We are
1: a blue country, folks. That means they're going to fight for everybody's fucking rights. Everybody. Doesn't matter who you are or what you are. You a butterfly, you got rights. You an ant, you got rights.
2: Write
1: it blue. down. You got rights. You got rights. There you go. You're blue now. Blue. It doesn't matter. You kill somebody. You chop that person's head off. You still got rights. We have to th- give you the benefit of the of the dollar. Benefit of the rights.
2: We have officially become the free my homie state. Well, the yeah. free my homie country.
1: Free everybody. Free everybody, but cancel. But cancel them too.
2: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is gonna be a fun four years. Holy Jesus. <laughs>
1: cancel them too
2: but he still has rights
1: so vince apparently bruce pritchard and brad blum were the people backstage that were being noted as backing vince when it came to having this but then people were saying but bruce pritchard kept his podcast but the difference being that uh it's being reported that bruce pritchard upon coming to wwe negotiated to be able to keep his podcast when he made his contract in wwe and uh yeah, according to Body Slam, they were saying that it isn't a case of Bruce Pritchard being allowed to keep his podcast. He negotiated as part of his deal to come back to the company. Uh to think that he wouldn't want others to have outside opportunities is silly, Styles and others could have negotiated their Twitch presence and other third parties during their re signing negotiations. Yeah, I mean, they could have. Yeah. Up to this point, I guess none of us knew or really thought we had to.
2: Yeah, like I mean like it makes would, sense, but this, it's like, why would you negotiate something you never thought would actually to be an issue? This
1: is that how it works, though. Like what I'm saying is, like, we got to look at other things. If you work for a TV show, if you were a movie actor, are you not allowed to just go on Twitch without there being some sort of a contract? Right. <laughs> like, do you have to negotiate something like going on Twitch in your contract? I need to see other examples in sports, movies, or television shows where people needed to do that
3: shit.
2: Because I've never heard. I don't of that. think that's ever even been. A I thing. don't think that's a thing. Like, you can't... I feel like you almost can't really say, oh, they could negotiate that. This wasn't a problem before before all this stuff happened, so... Hmm.
1: Oh, well, I hope that works out for her and everybody involved. It's already not gonna work out, you know?
2: Yeah, It's, already, it's, not, it, it's, 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 it's gone bad.
1: Good. It's not a matter of, I just hope it turns good, you know? But it's definitely gone south. Alright, well, moving along here. Apparently, as we reported before... The Thunderdome is going to be now in the Tropicana field, which is two hours away from they originally were. This is going to be effective December 11th. According to Fightful, they're saying that they're going to be able to stay in St. Petersburg um, until about March when the Devil Rays will need the stadium back. And the drive, like I said, between the new stadium and Orlando is about two hours. So they're going to they have that until March. And I guess they're going to unveil somewhere new during WrestleMania. It looks like we're actually going to go from one WrestleMania to the other still in pandemic mode. Never thought that that was going to be the case. But it's very possible yes. that in April. I mean, look, we're already in. in they're going to. WrestleMania starts being planned right after WrestleMania. You understand what I'm saying here? Like right after WrestleMania ends, like right after the little copyright appears on the bottom. People start scrambling for the next venue and preparing things and reserving things and getting stuff ready in the in the, in the the city and dealing with uh the sales and the merchandising and the appearance and the WWE access and everything like that. They usually take a fucking year. WrestleMania is in a few months. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I know nobody's officially said anything, but I just don't see a way that we're not going to just experience. Maybe it won't be as bad as last time. We'll be in some sort of a Thunderdome. But I don't think that you're going to get like a... A regular WrestleMania. And as much as people have given WWE shit for uh, the way that they've handled the uh, situation, they've now been on record as the last people to bring people back. Because aside from having people in NXT, which is very little, I barely even can see them, when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, that shit is completely thunderdomed. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, I'm not saying it can't happen, man. Miracles can happen. They brought that fucking fist, that SmackDown fist. To different locations To this day I still don't understand
2: <laughs> I watched him Set <laughs> that thing up my first, I was like Whoa How In the fuck So
1: that goes to show That this thing's even Beyond you and my comprehension But uh It just isn't looking great So um We'll see We'll see But We at least know At the very least They have the Tropicana field up until March And then at that point If things are looking better Maybe we can do something It doesn't have to be WrestleMania yeah. in a stadium Do you remember back When WrestleMania Used to not be in stadiums
2: God, I ever when WrestleMania just used to be a different kind of stage.
1: This new thing that Vince has about liking to that look of a stadium, that's him. That's not the way. It's not like we. there was just this fucking agreement. This has happened in this generation. It wasn't like that for my generation. Do you know how I know it wasn't like that for my generation? Because Madison Square Garden is not a fucking stadium. (laughs) Exactly. And I know we've had WrestleMania's there. We've had SummerSlams there. And it may not be gigantic where you can like fucking have like a Dragon Ball Z battle above the skies with the Pyro and shit. But it's good enough. It has a good look. Go back and look at Rock versus Hogan. You know what I mean? Wasn't that wasn't that fucking
2: the garden? Or wherever uh, it, was, it was, it it may not have been the garden, but wherever it was, it wasn't a stadium. I think I was yeah, that, that wasn't the garden. I know like freaking Mania 20, that wasn't that was the garden.
1: That was the garden. But you see what I'm saying? Like you can have a WrestleMania at a place like Madison Square Garden. Or even Nassau Coliseum, which more or less would be like that, you know. And it doesn't have to, sure, you're not going to have that crazy look to it. But compared to what we've been getting, if by the time April comes, we can just get like a regular MSG just pay-per-view, that's fine with me, man. You know, I never understood what the whole reason was why the fuck they moved the WrestleManias from those venues to those stadiums in the first place. It just felt like they just wanted to be in these big-ass places all of a sudden, you know, so we could hear the National Anthem echo across the whole fucking city,
2: you know. (laughs) So we can have pyro from the outside of the arena
1: you know what the to me the smart solution will be to pay for a stadium have a stadium and then everybody could be more spaced out but i know them they don't want that look they don't they won't like the way that shit looks on tv if they get a big stadium and they space people out they don't want it to look spaced you know but for a while it's kind of bothered me that we can guarantee that that events like that aren't going to come to new york or msg or anything because we're not gonna because they're, they're looking for stadiums you know so um we're going to have to see what's happening because on the flip side of things, you have AEW, who they're having trouble. According to Melser he's saying that uh, they can't sell tickets to the Wednesday shows anymore. It's becoming a situation kind of like it was with uh the impact zone, where like the thing is just planted in one place. After a while, you're getting the same fans week in and week out. The same people don't want to keep coming to wrestling every week. It's one city that they're in one place. So now AEW, they're having issues selling these tickets. They're in Jacksonville every single week. The market is burned out there. That's what's happening. And that's probably the reason why WWE, being a company that's been around for decades, based on their experience, didn't even try. They already know. They're like, we're gonna burn out a market if we decide to bring people back. We're kind of stuck with the Thunderdome. So uh now AEW they're doing a triple threat holiday pass, forty five dollars plus fees, and you get to go to three December shows. You know, so uh and it's also with outdoor physically distance seating in compliance with state and local regulations and CDC guidelines so you get $45 you get to go to 3 AEW events if you're in Jacksonville that's like $15 an event can you like who wouldn't take that
2: exactly that's so awesome <laughs> that
1: can you imagine getting $45 and you guaranteed that you're in the next 3 AEW's oh my god i lo- <sighs> i've gotten tickets that were like way more expensive than that that i w- that i felt grateful for for three events? Yeah, you're all in. The only thing that's not all in is the money. Because they must be losing money hand and foot for them to be able to, like, shit. That goes to show that this is the reason why. That that we're still, this stuff is still having an effect on us, guys.
2: Yeah, it ain't over yet.
1: It is not over. And, uh, yeah, I hope that it gets better. You know, I really do. But right now, no, we're not there yet. Alright, so Kenny Omega, uh, recently spoke to wrestling observer radio he was actually there speaking to Melson and everyone and uh he said that he has a torn labrum and that uh, it's no laughing matter and that that's a surgery but that he has a very talented and unbelievable trainer and doctors and that they're always monitoring making sure that he's doing okay and his trainer bryce is 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 ready uh, is a next level kind of guy He just kept he keeps him together And in a condition where he's able to perform And as long as he makes it that he sees him Two or three times a week He can lift and he can have full range of motion He just needs to make sure that he can look after it And, and, and avoid having the surgery Because he can't afford having that time off So I guess he's working injured He said that if things get worse That it's an option that he'll have to consider But he's not having the surgery right now That he's able to go to the trainers And they patch him up Shit Working injured is never a good idea, regardless of what patching they can do.
2: Yeah, it's 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 never fun.
1: And I think that this whole time should have been his time off because he's been there and has practically been on time off anyway. You know, I could have dealt with no Kenny Omega up to this point, and then him show up the way he has recently as the new cleaner, and that would have been fine. It's been a waste of Omega, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing that he talked about was in regards to the women's division. He said that uh, he feels like they just need more time in front of the camera. He says he would love for them to get their girls on TV more. He would love for them to have their own show.
2: Uh, That's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, with the fact that I mean, I don't know. You, you probably heard, but uh, they did sign uh, Suri and Deep, so she is all elite. Uh, they're getting better ones in there now, but still, yeah, yeah not yet, not yet.
1: I wouldn't give them. Their own show if it was on fucking Tubi TV or crackle and they ran Pringle's ads every 30 seconds like they should not what does he think that TV time is made out of magic? Does he think that the fucking Elric brothers make an incantation circle on the ground and conjure up some TV time you know how fucking rare TV time is for him to be like yeah I'd like the girls to have their own show which girls the one with the mustache or the one that's like fucking 40 pounds? <laughs> and no, I'm not talking about Nyla Rose. I'm talking about the one that that uh, that that that, that acted like the Queen, like like from Queen. Oh, god. <laughs> this is
2: not going good. Not at all. Not. Queen the band. To Just are. to
1: be clarified Queen the band. <laughs> oh my
2: god.
1: Oh, Freddie Mercury. Damn it.
3: Yeah,
2: that was.
1: Who the fuck's gonna be the girls that are on this show? There's not that many experienced girls. You got oh. Thunder Rosa. You got Lise and uh Ivalice's tag team partner. What's her name? Uh, Diamante. Yeah, Diamante. So that's it. You got those three girls. Who's the fourth yeah, girl? Sheeta. Serena Deeb, of course. So we got four yeah. great girls. I think they even put them on a four-way one time, right? Because that's all they had. Then everybody I else think, is terrible.
2: Uh, yeah, I would say Sheeta,
1: that's five. Hikaru Sheeta's really good, yeah. So we got five.
2: Oh, God. Whew. I'll still recover from just how like that was. I guess I would movie. take Chris
1: Stadlander when she comes back. The alien, she was yes, good yes, enough Statlander to keep around. So you got Statlander, you got it. six.
2: Look, I'm struggling to pick
1: girls. I'm not bringing Brandy. Fuck that.
2: Uh, she's doing enough stuff as it is.
1: Even if she was nothing. Uh, oh God.
2: Yeah, there's there's not much there to bring. Like.
1: Yeah, name another girl that you're missing that I'm missing that you really think should be there.
2: I would have said freaking Tay, but she oversells two counts so much. Who? uh Tay Conti but that's just only cuz she was my favorite before she started she she used to be my favorite before she started overselling the hell out of the two counts and I was like okay now you
1: know my favorite thing about she has a great look to her but she's not a good wrestler yet yeah know? but for omega to just be like they need their own tv show like no you don't he should have the 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 insight to realize that that's the last thing that they need right now mm-hmm. They don't even need their own YouTube show right now. They need to fucking work on everything and hone their craft a little bit with a lot of those girls that they have. Because really, at the end of the day, and unfortunately it made it worse, and I hate to say this, but before I used to look at their show and I used to think, man, that women's division's rough. Then they brought in Thunder Rosa and Eva and Diamante. And I remembered what it looks like when women who know exactly what they're doing all the time Russell, and it just made the rest of it look like real shit now. Like now yeah. when you have <laughs> like now it you have like words. a match you have a match with like the AEW girls and then later on Thunder Rose and Evilise or someone else to come on to a match and it's fucking fantastic. So and ye- unfortunately those aren't their girls. So you know. <laughs> and um from what we're hearing, they don't even like each other, by the way, Thunder Rose and Eva Apparently, uh Thunder Rose... Over- Rosa tweet out asking who is my biggest rival And a fan replied And they said may not be a popular opinion, But I think you and Ivelisse can make some real magic together And then Thunder Rosa's husband um Brian Cervantes He replied that's a no from me And then uh Ivelisse replied and she put clearly A no for me too with a thumbs up Which this Sounds like they don't want to work together Which goes back to that match they had in AEW Where people said they were working stiff with each other
2: Yeah they ate it it's more signs they were probably shooting. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's definitely bad blood there. And the bad part is, like, it's almost doesn't surprise me, because that's two very strong personalities.
1: Yeah, right.
2: You can't put the... You, 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 some, sometimes that doesn't always clash together well. Like,
1: no, it really doesn't.
2: I mean, all I'm saying is, um, on Tubi, I've been re-watching Lucha Underground from the start. I got, I'm still going through the days when least they could call her the baddest bitch in the building. That motherfucker lives that person. That, she lives that gimmick.
1: Yeah, a good gimmick to live.
2: Like If, if Eva Lee's walks in the room, she doesn't think shit else matters but her.
1: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but they're all good, you know? But that's what I'm saying. They yeah. need to have a, a roster like that. Not just four girls that aren't even theirs. Or one that's not even theirs, to be able to put it together. To yeah, yeah, matches. yeah.
2: Thunder Rose is the only one that's not signed AEW.
1: Which is a damn shame. Holy crap.
2: Yeah. They gotta get a hold of her. Holy shit. Oh, I mean, fantastic. the fact that sign Serena Deev tells me they might be able to.
1: Serena Deeb's really good. That's a great acquisition right there. You know, so it's we're, so we're, crazy
2: how far that girl's come Yeah, from just a girl who's getting her head shaved to CM Punk, by CM Punk, and now she's NWA Women's Champion. They're
1: going in the right direction. They're definitely yeah. going in the right direction. Things
2: are getting better, but they gotta get a lot better before we talk about it like a TV show. Right.
1: Okay. Well, now we get to the pregnancy portion of our show. You know, because we have one not of those. Have one- no. Yeah. Not. We have Rollins and uh becky lynch that did a photo shoot
2: yeah well uh maternity shoot That was very elegant
1: yeah i guess i'll just run through these pictures real quick i mean that looks cool i guess
2: yeah that is the most fancy i've ever seen becky look
1: let's switch to another one
2: here can't even tell she's pregnant that one cool yeah i bet you better work (laughs) yeah right (laughs) i can't believe it's already been almost nine months though like
1: Yo, this third one that's on the screen. I wish I would have grabbed the one I saw, her, but I seen it Photoshop where they put uh, they took out Becky and put I Otis. They took Murphy.
2: I saw that one no, too. I saw, I I saw
1: was... Otis, and he was like, oh, he was like doing like a belly shake, and Rollins is like wrapped around him. Oh, no. And he did it so perfect, like they literally somehow completely removed her and just slid. It looked like it was legit. Because I was like, no way.
2: Oh, <laughs> damn! Awesome. Oh yeah oh no <laughs> that is fucking don't all. you put that evil on me ricky bobby don't you do it
1: see if you find it if, you, if anyone find it. oh yeah okay
2: so right now you find it i might fuck around i want to be in the screenshot no doubt.
1: yeah so we got a few of these what's this last one here i don't know, see there's a couple these are really good yeah very cool
2: very it really cool. feels like just the other day that Becky sprung the news on everybody. Like Jesus Christ, the times flew by.
1: Yeah, you know, this reminds me of like the last couple of weeks of Snake Way. On the way back, we can't get back fast enough. Oh my god! I don't know how many people are going to be alive by the time you get there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was talking to a, a friend of mine, ironically a friend of mine from Ireland, and we were talking about like, yo, know, would if Becky does eventually decide to come back. God help the freaking people who constructed that building if they have fans back because that pop will be ridiculous. Because <laughs> I feel like when it, I feel like if it gets to the over the times right, I feel like she's gonna come back. But it's just it's it's awesome though that like she's getting this opportunity though. Know? It's just
1: yeah, absolutely
2: freaking amazing. I guess
1: hmm, and that's not the only pregnancy story apparently. Because, uh, it was announced that, uh, Renee Young and John Moxley are expecting. Yep. Which, uh, yeah. Another happy couple having a kid. There you go. You know, and the first person to find out was Bailey. <laughs> you hear about that story? I heard
2: about that.
1: Oh, yeah. shit. She accidentally, uh, she thought she was texting John and she was texting Bailey. And she texted him the results. She texted Bailey the results. So, uh, she found out first (laughs) and and moxie very casually he brought it he brought it up in uh dynamite which we'll get to later it was very weird the way i almost missed it the way he brought it up i wasn't expecting that at all you know
2: yeah he was just like hey i mean this is reality wife pregnant gotta be a papa let's get this shit going Mm -hmm. but yeah it's good for them though
1: yeah for sure and um This isn't so much a pregnancy story, but it's somewhat related because this has been floating around the news for a while now. Like, there's been speculation that, like, now the Bellas will both want to come back to WWE, and uh, for
2: like a women's tag title run or something.
1: I don't know, but now they finally addressed it, so let's see what they have to say.
5: Nicole and I want to kind of go in detail and expand on this topic, and that's the Bella Twins returning to WWE for the tag team titles. So. It was brought up, and it gets brought up a lot in interviews about um, Nikki and I if we're gonna make a return. We do really wanna make a return. The timeline of it, we don't know when. It's yeah, definitely- we're not in talks. What Arna meant in his um, language barriers when he sat there and talked to WWE, he meant like Brie and I talk about coming back to the ring. Yeah. We're um, not actually so- in talks. And this is the thing I told Nikki. Well, we're ambassadors, so it's so. Like, yeah, we're always with right, but- yeah. them. Is that the boys are only three months? So a couple mistakes I did with Birdie on a couple of my comebacks is Birdie was so little, and you're sleep deprived. You're trying to train. You're trying to be a mom, so it can be really hard. Um, we're like too early. Yeah, we're so hands on. So I told her I'd like to wait till the boys are like maybe two years old, right. or something like that. So I I see this week and I come back in a couple years, or maybe it's next year. I don't know, but it's not next month. It would have to be our main focus because even on our when we came back for Evolution, we were running three companies, we were filming a reality TV show, we had so much on our plate. Brie had Birdie, and we just said the comeback didn't get its full attention from us that we wanted it to have. So we're gonna make sure on that too. But the last sentence in this whole thing is that one day, yes, we will. It might be. Next year might be in two years, but it's not anytime time soon. So, but we definitely, I mean, on my bucket list, the women's tag team titles are on there. So, and I like to check things off my bucket list. Me so. too. Right? Yeah. So we'll check that off. Just not next month.
1: So <laughs> well, there's the answer to the question.
2: Uncle Brito knocked nobody out in the process. I mean, I was know.
1: thinking when she said that the two that there were a couple of things she did wrong with the first birth, I was thinking, yeah, those two dives, it was in the same and match.
2: Knock and live, <laughs> knock and poor, live Morgan oh, Yeah, that's right. Them. She
1: did knock live out. That's right. And then live's unconscious body was then played with and handled in the middle of the ring. Wow. I forgot about that.
2: These were knocked out live and stiff Ruby in the same match. And I was like, yeah, you did a couple of things wrong.
1: Nikki can make a
2: comeback. Yes, he. Yeah, and then like Mickey never loses her edge. Yeah, Nikki, Nikki's always been the better one though too. So it's like Nikki comes back. It's just like I cool. Fucking Nikki Bell's back. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, in other news, NWA. I don't know. Do you watch that NWA at all? Oh,
2: God. I I tried to watch Power once and I couldn't do it.
1: Apparently, a lot of people have left the company recently. Marty Bell, remember her?
2: Yep. Well, she was a uh, one third of the Dollhouse.
1: Yeah, Marty her. Bell.
2: She's now. It was done her parents' with... in Medium.
1: Mm-hmm. Apparently Marty Bell's done. And this adds to a list of people that have left Ricky Starks, Allison Kay, James Storm. So uh slowly but surely they're bleeding out people. She thanked everyone for the opportunity. She's not sure what's next, but she's excited to find out. So maybe she could join Retribution and have a reunion with uh what's her name? Oh god. <laughs>
2: Instead of reckoning It'll be reckoning and rebellion Oh god There you go
1: So you guys asked us about uh The Mandy Rose stuff from last week Where well, we said that the reason Mandy Rose was taken out of Survivor Series Was because of a botch during the match with Naya, But it might have been Mandy's fault Which we now have a clip here
3: oh, It's like a repeat last
1: week Yeah, it's the way she fell on her arm. So you
2: can see it. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit. You you can see her legs hit the I don't
1: need the fucking sound effect. I don't know why it's doing that.
2: Yeah, watch her legs. See, they clipped that top rope. And that, yeah. like, hung her up. So, yeah, as much as everybody wants to blame Naya, I was like, no, that was not on Naya.
1: Yeah, she just fucked herself up there. So that's the injury. Naya,
2: Naya did happened. everything she was supposed to do. Throw her out, let her go, let her tumble the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, she grabs her arm, too. Yeah, you can see her arms... Turned the wrong way. Now that I'm looking, I see right here. There's her arm, right. Then look at her arm afterwards. Yeah. And she immediately grabs it.
2: Yeah, the way she landed messed her up. Not have throwing her out of the ring or anything. Oh,
1: so, there is the injury. Here is it on social media and in the chat room. But yeah, that is rough.
2: Yeah, gotta be careful.
1: Hmm. Veda Scott is getting married, or got married, getting married, one of the two. I no, she got I heard about
2: briefly this week, so.
1: hmm She got married to uh, Mike Bailey. Mikey. Mike Speedball, Mike Bailey.
2: Well, congratulations, Faina. Mm-hmm.
1: She said, we definitely meant to do this back in March. So.
2: The pandemic be holding people's plans up, so it's like. Yes, yeah, so i
1: having kids. Those plans don't get held up.
2: Oh, no, no. Those plans get sped up in vain.
1: Yep pretty much all right well let's uh i think we should discuss some weeklies what do you think the weeklies
2: yeah uh, yeah time for the weeklies
1: time to talk a little bit about the weeklies that'll take forever anyway because a lot to yeah. discuss
2: where do you want to begin this one uh i'd say we keep with tradition and start with aw
1: all right well aw they had uh they opened with top flight if i'm correct right
2: yeah, this is um a team that I believe the Bucks specifically wanted to bring here.
1: Yeah, they recruited these guys. Um they looked pretty decent.
2: Yeah, this is uh this was quite an interesting team.
1: Yeah, they're p- pretty good. Nice flying moves. Um they need a look though. Like they just look like two dudes, yeah. two two young. Guys. They
2: they they gotta adjust that with them. That was my one complaint. It's like I couldn't pick these guys out of the crowd.
1: <laughs> yeah, like they just looked very generic, you know. Like why, like, like, I mean, why, like, why look that generic?
2: You know, I guess it's because, with earlier they are in their career still. Because I mean, Darius uh, Martin, he's only twenty one. Dante's only nineteen years old. Wow! So this is a hell of an opportunity at such a young age.
1: Wow! Well, after the match was over, you had uh, the hybrid two who wind up attacking them. I guess that's their initiation here.
0: The oh look at this,
4: Jack Evans! What the hell? jack evanson and helico attacking top flight on the outside and they're running like scalded dogs Get
0: the hell out
4: of and uh, then you see the, the the bucks chasing them away I, yep. I guess they
5: were in the stands i haven't
1: known and so they're getting involved in the mix right out away of Nowhere came
2: yeah. TH2. this is uh, the first time hybrid 2 has been on aw dynamite itself in quite a while completely yeah. unprovoked completely unnecessary
4: attack by th2 classless is what it was
0: it was classless
2: so, that attack happened. Yeah, so I guess this is uh, Top Flight's first feud on Dynamite, because uh, it was confirmed earlier this week, I think it was soon as even yesterday, AEW has signed them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're So this, so this felt like, I, from what I've been hearing, this was uh, the test run match. Like, if they did good on this one, they were good. So.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, they did good, right? Clearly, yeah, they didn't they didn't since they compressed. got signed.
2: You know? I like this team. I like, guess is Yeah,
1: I don't know much about them. And like I said, I need to see more with their personalities. But it is good that they're here. And, uh, you know, I guess that we get more fresh faces,
2: you know. There you go. Excuse me, Top Light.
4: You guys just made your debut on AEW Dynamite. And not only was it your Dynamite debut, but you went toe-to-toe with the World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks. How are you guys feeling?
2: Are we feeling
4: well? If you didn't know, I'm Darius Martin, this is my brother Dante Martin, and I can't
2: speak for him, but personally, it feels surreal to me. You know, those are guys that we've looked up for, to for like the past 10 years, it's guys we grew up watching. It feels really surreal to be in the ring with them, and although we came up short, I know we're going to get the win some point.
4: Like you said, it was amazing to be in there with guys that we would consider heroes, and this is definitely not the last you're seeing top flight on Dynamite.
2: A little generic. Yeah. A little bit generic. I think with with time and experience, so they'll get better.
1: And and you think that that's a good choice of a first opponent for them?
2: You know, I thought about it when this match was happening, and when I started to hear that the Bucks sought them out, this felt like a case of the Bucks wanted to get a firsthand taste of what these guys have.
1: Right, but what I'm asking is do you think that the hybrid two
2: the hybrid two is a good um, first. Not
1: not the bucks. Obviously the bucks are good. Oh, but do yeah. you think that's a feud? The hybrid two is a good uh, choice for them.
2: It could be. Yeah, I mean, and Helico and Jack Evans are a fantastic team. They're former AAA tag team champions. So, and the personalities of Jack Evans and Helico, it would clash nicely with those two. Yeah. Because those, that's that's a veteran tag team they're dealing with. So if they was ever a team that you want to test yourself is the hybrid two is actually a really good starting choice
1: yeah i definitely can't argue with you there it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as that goes
0: oh you
4: want to comment you want to comment, comment? Uh, you want comment? No, no, well you enough. know we almost feel bad for what we just did but not quite our problem isn't actually with top flight, it's the fact Young Bucks won't take a top fight! Those chumps go on Instagram and beg and plead for a match, and instantly, the Young Bucks are like, Oh yeah, those two are certainly the most worthy challengers! And th 2 has been here for a year and a half mauling tag team after tag team and the Young Bucks won't so much as look us in the eye. Well, there's no more ducking, Young Bucks. We are getting the opportunity that was stolen from us from the very first AEW tag team title tournament. And we want you to think about the cowardice and how it's causing pain and suffering because now nobody's safe. Your friends, your family... Your wrestling opponents will hurt them all without a fuss and let your punk asses come look for us. And we're out. Okay.
2: Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be uh, quite the feud between those two. Is, uh, they want to roll with that one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So I've, the- I've always liked Jack Evans as a heel, though. He's very, like Stacey said, he looks obnoxious. Oh, yeah, that man is 100% asshole. It's great. He's
1: incredible as a worker.
2: He really is. Like that dude. He's a bump machine. He was, I think, the first person I ever saw do the six thirty because I watched him all the way to WrestleMania X.
1: Definitely the first person I've ever seen hit a six thirty.
2: Yeah, I didn't even know Ricochet did that move before I saw. I I saw Jack Evans do it first, and it's fucking nuts. But
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, so that's pretty cool. So other things that happened in Dynamite was the Inner Circle. They had their trip to Vegas. What do you think of that?
2: I love the fact that because it's one of my favorite movie series. It was virtually like the Hangover.
1: It was in a lot of ways like the Hangover, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think that's why. that's think that's why it entertained me so much. Like that's what Like I said, that's one of my favorite movie series. And it just got it got funnier and funnier. I laughed the whole time.
1: Yeah, this is definitely becoming a comedy bit now. <laughs> yeah, this is them in Vegas. We turn it on so we could talk.
0: The inner circle slays Vegas, baby!
1: Unbelievable! Can you believe this shit?
4: <laughs> like. Chris, Chris, I got 21 again, again,
0: yes. again.
1: Yes, <laughs> yes, they yes, are sir. over here. 20, 21. Here
4: we go, homie. 20, I like it. Yes, blackjack. Oh, blackjack. Tables high. I got blackjack too. Cool, man.
1: I love how Sammy Guevara no, has has is shit in up. Those
4: are not, are not my cards. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, no, Sammy. uh That's not blackjack.
1: Poor Sammy. Oh, so oh my god.
4: Oh, 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 oh dude We got it we got it
1: and he went to hog him I like it. it was like nah easy bro easy
2: <laughs> <laughs> That
1: is hilarious And he went to the strip club of course why not?
4: Care for a drink? Absolutely. Barkeep, two slippery nipples, please. Two peppermint schnapps. Bartender, let's get some tequila. Bartender, two shots of vodka, please. Here
1: we go again. No, 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 it's just Bartender, like steak.
4: How about some rum? <laughs> how about some Canadian cooking sherry? Hmm. Oh, barkeep, I have a thirst that can only be quenched by one thing and one thing only moonshine
2: <laughs> bartender
4: how about two shots of 100 proof grain alcohol everclear,
3: everclear. oh my god
4: I am, sir we haven't served those since the landriff the incident we know
1: <laughs> that's awesome
4: <laughs> bottoms up
1: I can't believe they drank oh my god oh Bitch! Oh god! Ah, my organ! Ah! <laughs> He's in my organ.
2: <laughs> I like how he turned <laughs> diagonal there for a man.
4: Chris, Everclear was a bad choice. Yo,
3: y'all ready to take this to the next
4: level?
1: This part, yeah. I pop for this.
4: We got it's just a goofy.
1: guy. We got just a guy. Here comes Conan.
4: Yo, I always got the best stuff. And I know exactly <laughs> what you need. Oh. And, like, <laughs> and then they
1: come out a limo and it's all smoky.
4: <laughs> Yo, Chris, I think I see a dragon. No such thing as dragons, Conan. That is try. awesome. I think I see a dragon.
5: Welcome to Vegas, boys.
4: He's a real dragon. Don't touch me. Hey, we are ready to get down? Yeah! Race!
1: Let's
5: do it!
0: Yeah. What's up, oh, ladies? Yeah.
5: Who the fuck
3: was that? I what the hate thing? you, man. You don't mean that. No, I do.
0: These
1: guys are crazy, man. How could, uh, how could
3: people not like
1: this? Uh, <laughs> there, you this. <laughs>
5: you right You alright?
1: You oh, <laughs> very music video-esque with them pulling people in and hitting them like that.
2: No. Right.
1: <laughs> Wait, Jericho, look tripping over that dude, man. <laughs> That's
2: the part that killed me. Not even they even pushed him down, the fact that Jericho tripped over it
1: oh my god yeah you ha- you have to have it you know what it is also i was thinking about this recently uh it's also the era that we're in man i hate to keep bringing up the world that we're in but i think more people are gravitating toward humor and shit not just aew but we see it in ww we see it everywhere like they just you just need stuff to make you laugh i enjoyed it man you know? you know i thought that was awesome it was funny like you could only do that with a group like that i thought it was fantastic though like and this production like before, in this stuff i
2: it's like i said before what i love so much about it it's literally jericho just having fun
1: yeah i like that Manitoba mayhem thing that they did you know what i mean the uh what was the Manitoba melee that they did i like the uh yeah the
2: fucking the stadium stampede the fucking the flim flam 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 all that stuff is hilarious you know but the the, the flim flam is still my favorite thing just because of hager doing the fucking dad clap before his thing like it's
1: yeah no i think that the inner circle is, it's a great great stable you know i'm always entertained by them they also
2: on the fight they take it so seriously but like when it's time to be funny these motherfuckers are funny like
1: yeah and they also released this this little slideshow if you want for the memories i thought oh, this God. was great
2: leave the see
1: so, yeah, i love the style they put their stuff up look how great that is right <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man
1: <laughs> Like that is golden right there man look at that even with Elvis remember Elvis became the new member Vegas, man. I mean, for all this footage, shit that they really go to Vegas is like looks like it's a real Vegas party.
2: That, did they shoot go to Vegas?
1: But like the Vegas part seems like it was a shoot.
2: <laughs> that is fantastic. I like that. That was funny. Like
1: there. yeah, but I don't feel like Jericho's characters changed at all. That's that's very Jericho esque stuff that we have going on here.
2: There's like, a, there's like there's levels of creativity and then there's Chris Jericho creativity. Mm-hmm.
1: There sure are. So uh, Moxley did that promo, right? The one he announces uh, the pregnancy. Yeah. The Renee promo. Why well, I want to call it Renee because I really didn't have very little. He brings her up very briefly. I don't even remember where it is. I don't know if I can listen to the whole thing. It seems like it was a longer promo. But uh
3: a crazy-ass ride I've been on well, for 16 not that long. years. But recently, now, finally, the whole world <clears throat> makes sense to me. How did I get here? How have I been AW world champion for so long? The answer is, my dad. 6 foot three, 250 pound brick shit house. Box your ear if you got out of line. Scary. One day he's in town, he picks me up from the police station, but doesn't hit me. He looks at me and he says something I'll never forget. He says, "Son, we're the good guys." No matter what happens, no matter what's going on around you, just remember We are the good guys They've tried to lie, cheat, and steal This championship away from me I've been jumped, beat up, I've fought monsters, technicians, my own friends But I always know what to do I always have We're the good guys And now the whole world is bearing down on me My body feels like hell, I can't even get out of bed in the morning I have a pregnant wife at home I'm holding two titles on two different continents. I got challengers come from every which way. What do I do? I know what to do. We're the good guys. So tonight, I'm going to walk to the ring. I'm going to sign that contract without any hesitation. I'm going to look into Kenny Omega's eye. I'm going to shake his hand and let him know in no uncertain terms, I am the best wrestler in the world. I am the AEW world champion. I am my dad's son, and I am John Damn Moxley, and that is never going to change.
2: Yeah, good promo from the Mox. Yeah, always been a good promo.
1: And then we get the contract signing of Omega and Moxley, where Omega comes out with his cleaner entrance, looking more and more like the cleaner every time we see him. Now he has the sunglasses back.
2: What do you think of that entrance? Like, how, I guess... It has a very conceited level to it, which, uh, by the way, I actually did hear the North Carolina thing. he uh, That's actually a tribute to Michael Jordan that he threw into his entrance.
1: I think these entrances and everything happening with Kenny Omega would make sense if they added some context to what was going on for people that are just tuning in for AEW. They don't know about the Cleaner Bullet Club or New Japan, as opposed to they just being dancing girls with yeah. brooms and then a guy coming down the ramp and having an attitude yeah. for no reason.
2: Kind of a little bit more backstory for the people who don't know, so...
1: Yeah, Even if you just lay out the groundwork and don't fully explain yourself, just saying something like he's cur- he's turning back into the cleaner or something that'll make like the modern day youth that are watching this Google, Kenny Omega, the cleaner. And then that'll bring up stuff. You know, people search. You have to like have the mentality of the current minded individuals that are watching in this demographic. You know, you just lay out some yeah. breadcrumbs that'll be Googleable or something, but they don't do that. And I kind of wish that they would. So uh basically what happens is we get a swerve here. And I guess this is because I, I actually don't know why this is that They decide to do this, but uh, we get Moxley
2: who is laid out, right? Yeah, somebody attacked Moxley in the back, in the
3: back with some cameras
2: here. Something's going on. I'm sorry, oh, I, mean, I, mean, he's got, I mean, I don't know how long he's been
4: here. On he's unresponsive.
2: So keep no, keep track. Okay, okay, I got We
4: got to get EMS, we got to get him out of here. All right, I got to get on a backboard, we got to get him safely out of here. Thank you, thank you,
1: Jerry. Uh, Jerry Lynn. Uh, uh, look, see, he looks a lot uh, more like Obviously,
3: Moxley appears to be yep. out in uh, our contract sign, he said, Kenny. Anything to say here? What's-? Look, I- I'm not, uh, not one for this psychology-type stuff, Tony. Look, last time it was the, the elbow. This time it looks like a bloody nose. You're not avoiding it this time, John. December 2nd, winter's coming. Uh, I'll be there. Hopefully you will, too.
1: I wish they wouldn't use that winter coming slogan. today. So yeah, and Then he signs it after that.
2: Yeah, I guess the only reason I do it because it's in December, but still, kind
1: of. Yeah, it's enough. Don't don't um reference failed television shows. So Pac returns versus the Blade, and uh, the Blade is dominating him for the middle part of this match. The whole center body of work, um, Pac goes over with the Shooting Star into the Brutalizer, I believe, right? Formerly the Rings of Saturn when Perry Saturn used to use it.
2: Yeah, but the craziness uh did not end there. If you don't mind, if I take it from here, go right ahead. Uh, Pack basically tried to uh, address Eddie Kingston, but the Butcher wound up attacking him from behind. So, flash forward, uh, Ray Phoenix comes out and attempts to save him, but winds up getting overwhelmed. And then Penta comes out, and it looked for a second like he was gonna take a swing at his own brother, but no.
4: Okay Penta, take, very nearly taking a swipe at Kingston. It looks like the death triangle's back. And they Penta said no more. And who can blame him? Well, there was a brotherhood or a kinship between those three men in the ring. And then the. Eddie Kingston's best friend. They weren't together long. But what
1: they I were right?
4: great at. Well, Cakeson was trying to pit Ray Phoenix and El against so one perfect. another. But it looks like the death triangle. Triangulo de la Muerte is just too strong and
1: de la muerte. Here on dynamite.
4: Yep.
2: Death Triangle is back together.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Looking good. Glad we got Pac back on this side over here. They'll still have to do the travel arrangements, assuming he's not gonna live in the States, but we'll see exactly where it goes for the time being. I'm really yeah. glad about that though.
2: I mean at the end of the day, what did you expect? Blood runs much. Deeper than water in this case
1: So then we get another encounter With uh, Jade Cargill Where apparently backstage she attacks Brandy She does the old thing where Brandy's arm Is locked into a chair And then she stomps on the chair And uh That has to be the first time in my life I've ever laughed out loud At that being done (laughs) What were your thoughts on this First of all when you saw this
2: I saw it in my first thought of and my first thought, I, I instantly was I was like, wait a minute, bionic shoulder, oh, bionic forearm. It's because-
1: <laughs> Brandy, oh my God. I feel bad because it's like I don't want to really talk bad about her because I know she's cool people. But when it comes to just natural talent in this business, she couldn't miss the mark by more. And I'm gonna to explain to you guys why. And I immediately, upon collision of this chair, stop. I just started laughing. I must have rewinded this like seven, eight times. Nothing amused me more in the night. Listen, <laughs> if you're gonna do the chair bump where you take somebody out, think of all the times you've seen somebody take a chair bump. Think of Sasha taking it recently. Think of all the times somebody's had kind a, of, oh, some sort of a, a freaking limb locked into a chair and stomped on. Right. The moment of the stomp, the motherfuckers are kicking. And screaming and bouncing up and down in agony. They just got their fucking arm stomped in a chair. Think about how many times you've seen a person rolling around on the floor in pain, screaming at the top of their lungs, right? Now look at Brandy.
2: I remember, remember that shit happened the Shawn Michaels versus Kane. Shawn looked like he was doing an interpretive dance on the ground.
1: Brandy's selling. Look at her.
3: Look at Brandy at the bottom there, right? What? <laughs>
1: She's like Peter Griffin. Ah, look,
3: <laughs> look at this
1: shit. Are you, dude, your fucking arm got stomped in a chair. That is not how you sell that shit. Getting your arm stomped is an game. I can't believe I couldn't even tell the first time that the chi- Ah, isn't that bad? Is it just me? Am I being picky here about the way she's selling that? <laughs> that doesn't look like someone who just got their their shit stomped into a chair. I'm sorry.
2: It looks like it looks like What's it got pinched.
1: if anything, like it. Yeah, and there is the link. <laughs> what?
2: You don't know what the bad part of it is? When I first thought like, this is where my mind logically went to. <laughs> I was like, well. It was a light stomp, just enough to hurt but not to break. And then I thought about it the next day, and I was like, "Wait a minute, whoever lightly does that spot?
1: Yeah, uh, they need to just put a stop to the brandy stuff. It's not working, man.
2: It's just let let, let, let let her do, let her handle the business in the background. And
1: that doesn't mean be a valet. I hate to say, it, but that doesn't work either."
2: Just keep her off camera Just let her handle a It's just not stuff working
1: I can't explain why things don't work They have all of the technology And equipment at their fingertips And they're not able to make this work Therefore I'm going to come to the conclusion That it's just not working for her man I know she really wants to You can tell there's someone Who really wants to contribute And be a part of this But there has to be a better way To be in this angle This was the most forced thing They've tried yet That whole Jade Cargill thing It just felt like it Like I kind of knew The moment she started talking shit Here's another person for Brandy to fuck with Another angle. For her to do a dive, she'd take out a whole stable with a dive. Anyway.
2: I want the things that actually worked.
1: During commentary, they plug AEW heels. JR, JR, JR asks if they do bake sales. I somehow don't think they will appreciate that. Oh, God. It was just weird. You know, I get JR. I understand the sense of humor and the era that he's coming from. But it was, it nonetheless... Unfortunately, in today's climate, it, it was awkward because it was like, "Hey, AEW healed," which I think is silly anyway. But it's like AEW healed the women's thing, and yeah, I was just like, "Wonder if they do bake sales?" It's like, oh, cringe, cringe. <sighs> I know, I know. The NWA Women's Championship is on the line. Serena Deeb defending against Thunder Rosa. What did you think of this match?
2: I mean, it was a banger. Kind of like the last time they fought each other. Mm Mm-hmm. I think this match was... Once I heard that they were going to do a rematch, I was just like, oh, man, this is going to be fun. Because I remember the first time they fought each other was was very entertaining.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this time was done really well, too. There was deep hitting, you know, Rose with that nasty spear outside of the apron, you know, that attempted GTS callback to when uh, Serena Deeb was part of CM Punk's Straight Edge Society. I love the fact that she went for the GTS. Um, Rebel and Brit out there with the distraction. Um, planting Thunder Rosa with that swing neck breaker on the outside and then Deep going over with the implant buster-esque style move that she did. With afterwards it being, uh, Brit, who's still at ringside after interfering once and ultimately winds up, uh, Thunder Rosa winds up fucking her up for that. You know, but I do think, like I said to you before, that these girls are the best that they have right now. Um, the most yeah. entertaining part of the women's division. And uh it's really cool to be able to have matches like this. And I like that they collaborate with NWA Power. Uh if for nothing else, specifically for being able to have things like the NWA women's title in Thunder Rosa. So I think that's very cool. You know. Um yeah, that's pretty much it as far as that goes. Um oh, yeah, yeah, it
2: looks like they're setting up a uh, Rose and a uh, Baker for the next few
1: Yeah, that'll be cool.
2: Oh, that'll be great.
1: Cody and Darby Allen have a match against Brian Cage and Ricky Starts uh with uh Cade going over darby via avalanche drill claw that's the drill claw from the top Good god and then after i saw
2: him going for it i was like no fucking way (laughs) yeah
1: but uh it's not over even though they win that's not good enough because afterwards the heels in typical heel fashion they decide to uh to pick the bones but fear not because once and again continuing the streak when you think that you need help who's always there will hobbs again the
2: guy you called before you call the cops
1: yeah exactly will hobbs to the rescue clears out the heels
0: i guess you can claim
4: him. he holds up that freaking
1: old ecw ftw title
4: will hobbs
1: and he takes out cody with it that's right motherfuckers you you guys had too much faith in will hobbs Hobbs over the years
2: cody right in the
4: face
1: don't kill me don't tell me, Will Hobbs, of all people. I've
4: been trying to recruit Hobbs for... I thought I
1: knew this man. If
4: not months. <laughs>
1: I thought I knew. You think you know somebody. I, I can't believe... And then it turns out that you don't know anything about them. Not a single fucking thing. Will Hobbs. I can't believe this. Man,
5: oh man, as
1: business... Fixed... Just when you think you really, really know who someone is and where they're coming from and what they're all about. That's it Will Hobbs who we all knew so well Like and and, and Tony Schiavone just before this happened sent Basically resembled my sentiment that He said thank god for Will Hobbs Go back and listen he goes Thank god for Will Hobbs Damn
2: <laughs>
1: Just when we thought we knew this guy after all this time <sighs> Look at that Team Taz
2: How huge that motherfucker is though
1: <laughs> Yeah I know
2: a big boy right there. Like, Very yeah. big boy.
1: So that is your uh that is your AEW coverage of the week, guys. Which uh brings us over to the competition with NXT, where you have Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff going over Johnny Gargano. Again. Thanks to uh thanks to Damian Priest.
2: Yeah, pretty much uh interfering punching Ruff at ringside. He hits him. And literally he was just like sorry, kid and just right hand him.
1: Mm-hmm. We have a blindfold match. Cameron Grimes against Dexter Loomis. I'm getting tired of the because here. Because this match always works. Blindfolded Grimes accidentally takes out the ref. It's, it's all so sh- silly shit here. I'm really getting tired of the, like NXT is becoming a cartoon. You know, it's and just nah, becoming a I joke. Got a funny- yeah. Leon Ruff, when he gets backstage, uh, Damian Priest is explaining himself to Mr. Eagle in regards to why it is that he did what he did. And Leon Ruff doesn't like the fact that, uh, Priest's justification is that he's just joking. He was joking around. He knows that this is serious business, but he's joking around. And Leon Ruff slaps Priest, basically saying that he doesn't want to be anybody's joke. And Regal basically tells him, look, you, you had it coming for you. You kind of deserve that. And then Priest kind of looks at him. You know, that's pretty much that. Uh, what's that guy's name again? A Tararurus? He, yep. Arturo because Ruiz, uh, Raw fun. Underground getting shut
2: down he is back in NXT
1: yeah good old Arturo Rose. Raw Underground shut down that's where he meant his name really so they decided they're going to switch him back over to NXT but worry not because he tears his fucking biceps in this match for Kushida so bye Arturo Rawls see you next time it's unbelievable on the Smackdown injury rate
2: underground.
1: how are people getting taken out on NXT so fast
2: because when you have that when you don't do jack shit with somebody, their body's not built for this. He was in the on the ground, though. That shit don't count. Don't let me not. I guess not. Well, Arturo Rose is gone. You don't go from work MMA fights and badly worked ones at that to fucking Kushida. Yeah, well, Kushida's
1: okay. Arturo Rose is gone. Unbelievable. Candace Lorraine in the hard world against Casey Cazazaro and Caden Carter, and Candace goes over Caden with the wicked stepsister finisher.
2: Yeah, Basically, arm-trapped curb stomp.
1: Mm hmm. That's what she does when she doesn't do uh, Miss Candace's Wild Ride, which is that jumping, swinging neck breaker that they never have called Miss Candace's Wild Ride in this boy, company. That, is, for somebody,
2: boy, uh, that springboard moonsault that she's on.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. So uh, Ember Moon and Tony Storm go over Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, but Candace LeRae and Indy Hartwell come out and they wind up essentially feeding the faces to the heels, which I uh, almost can't so believe. the only call. time
2: in this type of a situation you're going to have uh, Dakota Kai getting over anybody.
1: Yeah, now on the bump, we had the Garganos on there. They talked a little bit more about what they did to Shotzi's tank, amongst other things.
2: Uh, Miss Candace, you're a smart cookie. Were you were you aware just how much the tank meant to Shotzi Blackheart when you ran it over? (laughs) And are you more concerned about the potential? Hang on. Hang on. (laughs) Was Shotzi aware of how important? The NXT Women's Championship is to me.
5: Touché. Touché. Oh. I'm yeah. just saying. Fired it right back. My at. entire yeah.
2: life. I, I've been watching wrestling almost as long as The Undertaker has been around. Think about that. So you're going to tell me my almost 30-year dream is not as important as her stupid tank? Come on. Oh, yeah, Fair point. Wow. Come on. She hurt me mm. more than that little, look at her crying. Come on. I think... I think that's dramatics right there. Yeah,
4: she's that's putting dramatics. it on. Yeah, she's putting it on. on. Put it on for the cameras. Come on!
2: Wow. She wants everybody to feel bad for her.
4: Poor shots. Like, where that's was my and-
2: right. Poor
4: shots. You, my little mm-hmm. tank.
2: My little tank got destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right. I ruined people's mm-hmm. dreams, and then they
4: crushed my little toy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, it was uh, announced. I believe it was on WWE.com. It won't be fun and games and toys because we're going to get team. Blackheart versus Team LeRae in war games.
1: Oh, man. I thought we were going to get a tank match.
2: No, no, no. You know what I thought about? It? As much as we joke about the take, it's, 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 it's the more I started to think about it, the reaction comes from the fact that, yeah, as much as we joke about the tank, for Shazi, that take is for some reason a safety net. It's not and only it's that. like you Wasn't take, you... you you, you wasn't given to her. Out, you're gonna get now this reaction from it's her.
1: Like some band gave it to her, right? Where she said she wanted to come to ringside with a tank, and then they made that tank and gave it to her, like it was a gift from some band or something. I forget the backstory to it. I don't know.
2: But it's like now it became like a sentimental thing for her. So it's just like it, 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 it's like it's kind of funny that, that I draw this comparison. It's like her variation of Al Snow and Head. Uh, I guess it's like Head became really close, but yeah, it's a Shotzi and. Right now, get to build their teams for war games because they announced that that's coming back.
1: Mm -hmm. Timothy Thatcher beat up his old student, August Gray, and then Champa comes out, scary as fuck. And then Thatcher, who's usually tough, he makes it clear right off the bat. That guy never doesn't confront anybody. It's the first time where he's just like, I got no problem with you. He literally, he's like, I got no problem. He says that shit loud and clear. He clears the ring. He walks safely away, goes up the ramp, packs his suitcase. Like, he was out. Motherfucker said, fuck this shit, I'm out. He was not trying to fucking go there. So, goes to show it doesn't matter how many holds you know in some situations.
2: When, you know, when fucking Tommaso Chanel runs up on you, you just walk the other way.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gargano attacks Priest by the ring, and then believe it or not, Leon, Leon Ruff, he manages to hold his own.
2: Yeah, they are finally doing something with the kid yeah because he moves really well
1: so it's good to see him not be a damn clown you know like I, i'm glad that he's not a
2: joke
4: let's
1: go past all this shit because it's a long way into the match but yeah see here he comes right here let's go right right around here
4: just destroying one another oh boots of the jaw of gargano from that huge spray. Damian Priest with a steel chair. There's Leon Ruff.
1: Yeah, came out and he did his thing.
4: Well, Leon Ruff now, earlier, said he was not a joke. And now he's taking it to both Gargano and Damian Priest. Well, he's got beef for both of them.
1: Yep, not good. He goes for the ropes. Good Damian for him.
4: Priest. Couldn't connect. And Leon Ruff. Leon Ruff. Oh! Leon Ruff. Right back
1: in on Gargano. Good shit. right? Champion, Made him look like a star there.
4: Who was defiant in the face of Damian Priest earlier tonight? Sends Gargano for a
1: ride. They sold for him good and everything.
4: Not at the of the every Dude, day
1: get the crowd behind
4: American
2: him. good yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah. that's a good start Just line. Some little one off fluke win, like no run with it.
1: Yeah, cool. I like that. You know, it turned into a three-way when they never expected it. He was the underdog.
2: Exactly.
1: So what was that weird Boa shit where Regal knocks on his door and he's like, she's coming, she's coming. Nozile here, Nozai here, I... she's coming. That dragon really I... fucked him up, huh? It's worse yeah. than the dragon that Jericho saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that shit was, I don't know where this is going, like, I'm not sure where
1: yeah, no, me neither, man. Me neither. Uh, Eel Shirai against Rhea Ripley. Um, the two Riptide reversals were cool. Um, one into an armbar, the other one into a DDT. Shirai putting Ripley through the announce table, but it's a stiff bump, really stiff. Finish being Rhea's trying to uh, to beat the ten count. She slides in at nine, right into Eel's perfectly timed moonsault to get beat clean. Boy, has this girl's stock dropped, huh? What happened? You guys all loved her. Like, I was in yeah, no, no, different, no, but you guys loved her. What?
2: They decided to give her one title shot, and they give her a Charlotte fucking flair. That's what happened. Yeah, but Charlotte
1: went off and did her own thing. She's not even in wrestling right now. You're going to still blame Charlotte for this now?
2: Yeah. Why are you giving that on the second title offense? Yeah, but Io Shirai just now beat her. You know, like, she's losing. Yeah, because freaking Charlotte's been a transitional champion lately. Whereas this whole thing with Rhea, they could have ran with that for a while let her clean the division out, and then give her Charlotte. Now they just say, okay, so we're just gonna give her one defense, and then Charlotte win, All right, Like, they didn't give it time to build towards anything. Like, this time, this girl was rolling white hot, had just beaten Raw and SmackDown's Survivor Series teams, and was getting ready, and I think I just won the NXT, and was getting ready to win the NXT Women's title. And now, she's just here. I mean, the match was a banger i mean at one point uh, Rhea's ear got jacked up because apparently Rhea had five earrings ripped out of her ear in the process of this fight so yeah it's it 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 made me sad because this is still to this day one of my favorite girls i don't know what the fuck they did (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: so finn balor returns uh he gives a promo but pat mcafee and his band of merry men decide to interfere here right but Finn Battle for some reason enlists the help of the undisputed error who come and they brawl and they fight against Pat McAfee and his goons and I believe Adam Cole even gets to kick McAfee in the face, right?
2: Well, he kicked the shit out of him. Like he put McAfee out for the rest of this segment.
1: Yeah, he fucked him up. You know what? I should see if we have that. it. it would be a shame to not put that up there, right?
2: Like he, he, oh, he, he got, And what I like about it is like when he get it, he got it, time to like aim, load up and kick him.
1: Is this it here? This is, it
2: is that it? Is it I gotta go back a little bit. Yeah, bicycle kick. And this is the ball that
4: happened.
1: Here we go. Boom. Oh, he kicked the shit out of me, right?
2: I didn't realize it was that bad.
1: Yeah, that was rough. He
2: put him, he put him down for the rest of the time they were on air. That was it for him.
1: Good stuff. Good stuff. So Dynamite did 850,000 views, 0.37 in the 18 to 49 demographic, number seven in cable versus NXT, who were not in the top 50 at all, brought in 638,000 views. That's very low. That's over. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah, that's bad. That's over 250,000 views difference, isn't it?
2: That is it's close to it. And they only had a point
1: fourteen in the eighteen to forty nine demographic. So AEW is kicking the shit out of them right now. It's significantly higher than it usually is. Uh yeah, so well, here's the question.
2: uh when it came to NXT you saw and heard about what happened after the cameras were off the air, right?
1: Uh I don't know if I did.
2: Well, uh basically because the fighting actually continued, I'm gonna see if I can actually find it.
1: Oh, was there but footage? This
2: was, yeah, there was um I've seen footage on YouTube. I want to see if I can find it on Twitter. Yeah,
1: but give me, while I'm trying to get this in order since this was last minute, just give me your thoughts overall on this feud between these two teams.
2: I mean, so, I remember how you um, mentioned that it was like Balor enlisting the help. I thought about that and the way this more seemed to me was the fact that with Finn coming back, Finn had had to have, if I'm looking from the kayfabe point of view, Finn had to have been, obviously he's been watching. So he knows that mcafee and his crew have basically taken them out one by one so it had to be a situation of running into them maybe at some point backstage and finn's smart enough to know it's pat mcafee if the nxt champions in the room of course he's going to take a moment to try to pop and steal the spotlight so i can almost see this being a thing where finn concocted a little plan like pretty much when i come out there be ready because we know they're going to come we know the undisputed era has been chomping at the bit to get back at these guys ever since all this stuff started happening. So it just seemed like a, like a well made, well laid trap because they, at the end of the day, they knew that McAfee was going to bite. Do you
1: think that uh, this Pat McAfee happened because that other dude that they brought back broke his leg or broke his, or, or screwed you know, himself
2: I, up? Honestly, I've, I've already forgotten he existed. But yeah, it could be. I, I think I think McAfee was going to come back anyway. But I definitely think at some there's some part of this, maybe even Dunn being in this, which they had what they had to change up with a Holland busted leg.
1: Yeah, Rich Rich Holland. Look, I remember yeah, his name now. I he's mean, been gone long enough.
2: There you go. Which I mean at the end of the day, now that we have freaking the bruiser weight, I don't even think we need him anymore. Which I mean I think you've been seeing him in the past couple of weeks. Pete is in unreal shape. Yeah. Like no, this, is the, really this is. is the best he's looked. But yeah, I mean, the, the, first, the, the first thing I thought when um, Finn had basically say so he was back, and I was like, oh my god, yes, they didn't strip him. It's not like he had a set locked-in title defense, so it did make sense. Like, give him the time to heal, and once he's ready, then roll him into something else. Whereas with the Universal Championship, they probably had something ready the second he was supposed, um, SummerSlam was supposed to be over. And the key thing about this footage is probably my favorite part to actually give me chills. Listen to the Undisputed Era in the background. Because they knew. Two teams of four. I think, gentlemen,
4: you know how this goes. What? You're saying right? What? Go ahead. Say it. Give us what we want. Please say it. Please say it. I'm begging you, Regal. I'm begging you, sir. I am begging you to say it. Do the right thing,
1: Rangel! Oh, hurry up and say War Games, for fuck's sake. War
2: Games! Jesus Christ. It's not even like they had a real crowd. I mean, yeah, they made it. I don't know why they didn't do it while the TV TV was running, but, uh, yeah, it's Pat McAfee and his crew versus the Undisputed Era in War Games. So now Undisputed Era ties, I believe, Dusty Rhodes and the Road Warriors for the most appearances in a War Games match. Yeah. Because this is going to be their fourth straight one.
1: Well, it was obvious that this is what they were going to do, you know? Like, what else could they do?
2: Yeah. I thought they would have done like they've done in previous years, though. And, like, usually they'll announce the War Games pay-per-view and then wait a couple of weeks. Wait, like, at least a week or two before they start pulling matches.
0: Girls, the
4: Undisputed Era is back! (laughs) And not only... Not only have we returned, but we are returning to the match that the Undisputed Era made famous in NXT, and that is War Games. Everybody knows I never, never make a promise that I cannot keep, but I'm about to make a promise right now. At War Games, we are going to whip the asses of those four punks. Yeah. Is undisputed.
2: Yeah! There you go. Yeah, that's going to be... I the f- favorite part of that thing when the announcement is McAfee's face. When Regal announces war games, like he knows he just fucked up.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we already know about SmackDown because we did the pay last night. We could just run over Raw, which last week did 1.78 million viewers. Which they went up for the go home show. I think that might have been the music for the pay per view. I'm not sure. George. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That, that was, uh, the war game pay per view music.
1: Yeah. So Matt Riddle was, uh, was the most entertaining thing about the opening with Team Roar where he talks about getting the title, of the crown and the sword. And he calls, uh, freaking Seamus Fireface because Firecrotch was taken. Uh, you had Keith Lee corpsing at the term <laughs> Firecrotch. That was really something else. Uh, the Hurt Business and their segment with the New Day where the Hurt Business wants a title shot feeling that the New Day embarrassed themselves losing against the street profits during the pay-per-view. And, uh, the match was ruled a double count on MVP then demanded that the match be restarted only for Woods to go over with a sunset, um, flip pin on Shelton. So they completely job them out. Uh,
2: I, I like when they restarted the match, I was like, oh shit, Herb is about to win the titles, but yeah.
1: no. They decide they're gonna do three qualifier matches in this Raw, three one on one qualifiers and whoever wins these three one on ones will then the following week go on to a triple threat match, and the winner of that will then go on to face the champion. So we start with our first qualifier being Seamus versus Riddle, with Riddle qualifying. Uh, we get the Firefly Funhouse with Friendship Frog being murdered by Evil Bliss. Um, this is a new character that's already dead. Um, You get Asuka versus Lana, uh, which gets canceled by Shayna and Nia attacking Asuka. And then this becomes Asuka and Lana versus Nia and Shayna. With Nia trying to put Lana through a table, but Lana avoids it. And Asuka winds up covering Shayna in the chaos. And then Lana runs for her life, not wanting to go through a table for number 10. So the streak's broken. Now we can't. Now it's nine in a row, and that's the way that it stays. Uh Lashley has a match against Keith Lee with MVP's interference, causing Lashley to lose and Keith Lee to go over, qualifying for his match. Alexa Bliss has a match against Nikki Cross with Nikki with Bliss playing uh, Possum and crying and breaking down, acting like the spell's broken. But she tricks her into an Insta Abigail because it wasn't a sister Abigail. She struck that shit like a flash Abigail. So Literally, Insta when Abigail.
2: I saw that, that was the exact thought I had, That Insta Abigail.
1: And then finally, we have Randy Orton. Uh, having a match against AJ Styles with the Fiend interfering on him, causing AJ Styles to qualify.
2: Yep. So next week we get Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and AJ Styles. Winner faces Drew McIntyre at TLC.
1: Absolutely. I miss anything? Anything you have to say? Comments on this?
2: Nah, <gasps> that was I mean pretty straightforward. It was a uh, very it was yeah, Bell of a show. It was fun. Yeah,
1: it was interesting. That was it. You know.
2: I do like the fact that um I, I love, like I said, I like Bliss's new music. It's definitely, it's very fitting for her. So it would be interesting to see what happens next.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. I love her. I love her whole setup she and everything that no they're doing dick. here. She
2: has been so good at this.
1: Yeah. No, they have been doing an excellent job.
2: She, her and her and The Fiend are my new favorite part of Raw every week. Yeah.
1: I want to see where it's going, you know? Yeah.
2: I want to see how long they let this run, too, because it can only really get better from here yeah right and blissa said she loves working with Bray just because of how creative he's been with this so you can tell she's definitely enjoying herself and this is a completely different role than she's ever done before
1: mm-hmm. all right guys well is that it
2: yeah that is it
1: fantastic that is great to know you know another one in the books ladies and gentlemen and as always i want to say thank you to everyone that has hung out with us we're not going into another year of this you guys have been wonderful every one of you have stuck with and supported us the best is yet to come uh my regulars out there Willie v2 and eb gamer stasis dreams cool ice say man. thank you for the hate the host as always uh sugar shane uh george what is he good old king quest Saku sakuhasso A K, marceline the vampire queen bloodluster weekly planet A K, ashley all of you lurkers and jerkers, and of course, everybody listening on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, tune in as well as TalkBunch.com, twitch.tv, slash TalkBunch, facebook.com, slash TalkBunch, across all platforms, as always. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to TalkBunch Live. This has been episode 422, our anniversary episode hosted by yours truly, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch, for myself. And my co host, Mr. Destin Soulblow Frazier. We're out of here.
2: Yeah. See you guys for year seven. Congratulations. Shutting <laughs> it down.